This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boyd came to give him life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation We got the power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Hey, folks. Welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm James Gordon. Here I'm And here with me, I have Rich Lada. Man, like, you're the one that's been up for, for, for like, an entire day, and I'm the one fucking up the intro. The intro that I, this is the same intro I'd say all the damn time. Man. What's going rough, on, Rich? Rough. Um, nothing much, man. A um, lot of things happened this week. Uh, a lot of a lot of good news. A lot of um, crazy stuff on Twitter that is going to get zero airtime here. Uh, those of you guys know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, enjoy your pizza in peace um or you know whatever but um yeah man um just uh seeing you know this nba playoff stuff and uh getting ready you know like you said i'm not i haven't been sleeping so i'm like i'm on one overdrive right now so uh what's up with you man not too much man just been um kind of busy throughout like the last like half of the week or four days whatever else but um, so like, it was a struggle. Like I had to basically cherry pick through, um, backlash. I didn't watch it live cause I was watching obviously the Lakers, uh, Warriors game instead. But, um, yeah, uh, <sighs> from what I saw of the show, I really liked that show. I have, uh, not necessarily critiques, but just observations. Uh, uh, cause it ultimately doesn't matter because like, if you keep it special, it, you can just do it forever and ever. Um, and it won't run its course, but yeah, like I thought like the four matches I saw out of this show, like I saw, uh, you know, um, the two women's title matches. Then I saw the, uh, the bad bunny hardcore match, whatever you want to call it. And then I saw Cody and, uh, Brock. And I thought like all these things like worked, um, and with, with the story they're trying to get to. And like, I thought that crowd was amazing. Yeah. The crowd was incredible. It was, um, it really makes a case for going to more than the same, uh, you know, a couple spots on the map, uh, really opening up more international avenues, international, like, you know, you know, Puerto Rico's, you know, us territory, but yeah. obviously they don't get shows all the time. So, um, what, this was, is the, a, what was the story about? Like, it was, a, it was their first time they've had a show there in like a certain number of years. So it's like 2005 or something like that. That's wild. Um, but yeah, before we get to that, um, these playoffs, playoffs, 
Where you want to go with it? Um, Lakers Warriors. Okay. Um, up three one. Uh, the L.A. Lakers yeah. on the Warriors, and um, I don't know. I'm kind of shocked, man. Like, cause like this team was fucking ass, bro. Like, I don't even know what to do with this. And then all of a sudden, it's like they flip they flip this switch, and it looks like the Lakers are about to win a title. I see. <clears throat> now. Yesterday, I was like, I don't know, man. I, I don't, I don't know. Even after the win, I was like, I don't know, man. Like, this should be a like. I'm watching the games. Like, the Warriors in two close games, more or less melted down game one and game four, and they, you know, and both of them exchange, uh, you know, beatdowns. So like, it, it it feels more like a six game series, seven game series. Is that you know, it flipped on a few th- small things, but. Um, and I still feel it that way. Like, and quite frankly, like watching through now at this point, um, 16 quarters, I feel like the Warriors are a better team. They just, fuck, they're just down through one. Um, you know, there's been, there's been a lot of talk about like the adjustments have been made throughout the series between Ham and Kerr. I think all of them have been, you know, well done and make all the sense in the world. Like last night, um, the, the Warriors just said, we're going all small. Draymond is center. Wiggins at power forward. Gary Payton in with Clay and Steph. And they were spreading the ball. I like, get more spacing out there. And Looney came off the bench. Um, and I just thought of like the cross matchups again, up and down the floor. And if they just push it, the Warriors just push the pace off, even off makes, if they just push the pace. Um, it can cause enough confusion to, you know, freak some, or free somebody open because like, the Lakers are really bad at transition defense. Like if they get their defense set, it's a problem. But it's all it's too you know it's 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 a thirty eight year old and it's, it's a couple guys that are newer in the league and it's AD who you know can end up end up falling on a dive on the floor or whatever on a layup or whatever else and it end up you know by the stanchion and then you're running and Draymond's pushing the pace to get up there at times. So um, I, I I understood why they did it and also but I thought like well. The adjustment would be like, do you put Gary Payne? Do you put AD on Gary Payne Jr.? Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's what they did. And I was like, do you like are, would they trap Steph in that situation, like blitz him and make him come off the ball, and then you get the classic, you know, whoever is the screener like gets the ball and it's four on three, you know, offense versus defense on the back end. And they didn't try that, but like they kept AD actually brought his ass up for uh further than like game uh two or game three when he was getting destroyed in, in certain spots when it, it just didn't come up enough and um Steph you know they played the yo-yo game with, with AD and I thought like I, maybe the benefit of that is like you get to wear AD out so he can't just you know offensive rebound protect the paint trying to come into the paint then come out and come back on rotations all that kind of stuff and I thought that like they started the game and they got good looking stuff but it wasn't going in Mm-hmm. Um, so that kept the game close when they should have probably had like, a, I don't know, eight points, eight, you know, eight more points than they already did to start. Then they started scoring fine. And then, um, you know, over time, like they kept going to it less and less and less. And I'm like, well, why would you ever go away from this stuff, even though it works? And, and then I thought like, well, the Warriors never liked running this shit. Like the, like the, 
you know, mismatch hunting stuff that everyone does. They've never ran. It's always like they always want to do the spurring and stuff. But we run our plays and we and if we need to, we'll exhaust all 24 seconds off the shot clock to right. get someone a, a shot, in, whether it's the corner or stuff or whatever else. They never really want to run that kind of stuff. Um, and I thought that, like, as the game kept going on further and further, like, eventually LeBron, he started posting up, a, like, more, like, he, more, team, more than you would have wanted. Or not more than you would have, like, more to the point where it's like, all right, now it's actually part of the office post. Like, it seems like he's doing it only, like, one time in a quarter in these games. What the hell's going on? <laughs> um, and in the second half, like, LeBron kept, you know, finding the switch for Steph, kept punting him. And then, like, I felt like that wore out Steph. So then by the end of the game, and AD didn't, wasn't getting much off much uh, attention on offense. They weren't giving him the ball or whatever else. It turned into, you know, the variety of guards, whether it's Austin Reeves or in um, the fourth quarter, Lonnie Walker. But uh, it turned into, like, what you would like to see. Like, it's cool that, you know, LeBron can trust these guys, whether it's D'Angelo or – Reeves or whatever else to or Schroeder to have the ball in these situations, but it's like because he's trying to serve injury, but like, hey, like sometimes when they, you know, they get into like, oh, we haven't scored for three straight trips, it's like, all right, enough of the bullshit. Put the ball in the in the like best decision maker in the history of the sports hands. Um and in the second half he had it more and he kept hunting stuff because they went to um they went smaller where they only had eight they had they basically took put Lonnie Walker in the fourth quarter and sat down um D'Angelo, because he wasn't playing well. And, like, they basically just kept having Lonnie Walker, you know, come come set the screen. And they were spacing out there, so they couldn't just switch it. And LeBron, basically, it felt like he zapped Steph. So by the time he gets into the game, it's like, AD's tired. But he's been he's been put back into the yo put back onto the yo-yo guarding Steph. And Steph is tired, because on the other end, like, LeBron's attacking him. And by the end of the game, you just have, like, all right, now, now LeBron, now AD has to guard Steph out there, and they're both tired. It's almost like, uh, 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 who is going to basically blink first as far as who's going to give up and basically be like, all right, I didn't get to like focus on the next possession because I'm so gassed. Mm-hmm. And like, it ultimately manifested in like two missed shots from Steph, and then there was a weird shot from Clay, um, that like they they had people showing clips of of uh of like Kerr on the sideline, kind of like what the fuck, or like exasperate anyway. And, you know, obviously, like, almost no shots too bad for him, but it was, like, it was off balance and or whatever. It was kind of unnecessary. It was more necessary than, than bad. Um, but the Lakers Jordan, are pulling out Jordan because Ronnie Walker with a, scored 15 points in a quarter. I was going to say, and Jordan Poole scored a whopping zero points. Yeah, um, what and, they I were, saw. and they had a tight leash on him. He only, I, I thought he played more. He only played 10 minutes. Yeah, like, he's not playing like he played last year. He's unplayable like, right now. Like what has happened to him? Like his his confidence is like shattered. Um, like this guy, they don't win this fucking title without him last year. They don't win game one without him. He made like, like five threes. And and like as far as like you know, I, I, like earlier in the series, everybody was going crazy that shot he took at the end. I'm like, that's not any different than any other other shot that he normally takes. I, like he normally shoots that kind of shit all the time, I, and it goes in. I, I look, I watched the shot or I watched it live, and I'm like, that's not a bad shot. It's deeper than you would like it. You would like him to take in a dribble in, but like you're not in that situation. Do you think he knows that there's eight seconds left on the clock, or do you think, hey, they just I'm trapped, Ste- like, or do you think, hey, they just trapped Steph, so there's got to be less than five seconds on the clock? Yeah. They trapped him through it, and uh, he found or Steph found Draymond, and like it, the ball got into 
um, Poole's hand before Steph could even relocate. So, like, there was... You pull yeah. that, you take that shot. I've seen him make 30-footers before. Right. I didn't um, hate that shot. Uh, some people were like, I think it comes down to the... the a lot of overreaction with I, him right now, I think. I, it, playing the result, and I think a lot of people do, are still on the stupid, the best players take the last shot bullshit, where it's like, so you don't want Steph there, you, so you don't want Clay to ever take the last shot, huh? You don't want the six... <laughs> you want to put the ball in the six, three dudes' hands to take all these last shots, but you don't want the six, seven guy to t- Got it. You're a fucking moron. Like, no, it's it's like I'd be I'd feel comfortable with any of those three shooting. Thank you. And, Same here. You know, um, but as far as like, you know, it, you know, it, it, it helps, you know, when um, it helps the Lakers out. And I, you know, I appreciate it when when Draymond is trying to hand over the game, you know, uh, he's playing like he's already been issued his Laker uniform. Um, you know, he's been playing like, you know, he got that email from Rich Paul. I was like, hey. It's time to make it happen. You think he's played bad in this series? Well, you know, he picks his spots. Well, I don't. I don't think. I know you're making the joke about whose side is the only thing. But I don't think he's played. I think he's played like if you're talking about like the end of the game turnover. Is that what you mean? The end of the game turnover. What? It, well, I don't know if you saw, but like LeBron snuffed that out. He was like, "Oh, it's hammer action." Hey, AD, go to step, go to Clay, and then like once Draymond's in that position. And he's our, and he's trying to get the ball to Clay, and AD's in front of him from you know Clay's in the uh, uh, left corner is like all right, like the only thing I can do is like try to dump it to or try to get it off to uh, Wiggins, and like he couldn't, Wiggins didn't realize it was coming to him. He he, he much like Draymond thought, oh, it's going to Clay. Um, Look at and that. it was sealed off by somebody I can't remember who it was. So like yeah, LeBron just he, like you could see him like he uh, the replay of it like. He's literally him and AD both like they knew what was happening before it even happened. Like they knew his, they knew the play call and they blew it up. So I don't know, like maybe just call. I think they had one timeout left. Call timeout, uh, or did they have uh, timeout left? Wasn't that after? Was that before or after the uh, the Steph turnover sure. when, he, when he fell on his back off the I'm, jump? I'm ball? not sure. I yeah. you know I I just you know Draymond just gotta say hammer under his breath one time and you know. I don't, think, I, don't think I don't think I don't think you know you know all the boys clutch you know you know LeBron so, AD so, Draymond it, it's all so what's, one, so what's it's Steph's all, excuse so what's Steph's, okay in that case and what's Steph's excuse for just throwing the fucking ball out of bounds off the jump well, well, when he knew well, he had Steph, a timeout Steph is playing against his own team you know like oh. he's he's dealing with even more opposition mm, okay. so he's under pressure yeah but I mean look, look, even even all, with all these jokes going aside like it just points out it's like. This team was fortunate to win another title, and I don't mean that like I don't, I'm not saying lucky. I'm saying they're fortunate to win another title, and you saw all year they gave you these signs with that terrible fucking road record that like, hey, this team does not have home home court advantage in any or you know if all the seeds go chalk, they're going to have to win three all series, road series on a, go ahead. All road series. All road there. series. They got luck. They got they lucked into the Lakers thing or whatever else. And but lo and behold, they blew game uh, one, and now and they lost two games on the road. That's what they do is lose on the road. They are in trouble. So trouble. Um, I expect. I expect to you know because I, I don't think they're out of it because the games the series yeah, has been I, too close. Look, to be, I, be I don't do, do. Do I think them boys are going to go down at in their home court? No, I don't. Right. I, I expect them to respond. It'd be the most it, shocking home loss they've had since since Game Seven, two thousand sixteen. Yeah, um, but yeah, like the Lakers feel like they've got 
all the momentum. Yeah. Um, as much, you know, I don't really believe momentum, but yeah, I mean, the team came together in, and the weird thing is they came together because like they're immediately a great, a better defense. The second that Vanderbilt showed up, it was like, oh, this team is a better defense team has some juice as far as getting from one end to the other, um, after turnovers. And, um, I mean, that's the reason why they had the best record in the West after the, after the trade. But I, I, but the way I saw it was this team is an elite defense. They're a very average to mediocre um, offense and offense more important to defense. They, they can win a series. They're not, but I don't think they're going to get to the Western Conference finals or anything like that. And given that how bad the season started, where it was what two and 10 or something like that, or two two and and 10 start two and 10, you win a playoff series after you traded, traded some stuff. Like you kind of feel better about the season. This on the verge of getting to the West Conference Finals is like, this is beyond, this is way out kicking the coverage. Yeah, um, this is like, like, bro, I, I legit don't know what's going on. I'm like, huh? Especially because you watch them, you just like, you see them, you know, have those spurts where they, you know, five, four or five trips up the floor, no points. And you're just like, mm-hmm. see, this, this can't win. And then they fucking win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you think about like the, the kind of effort it takes to, that goes Bro, and, into like, and think about it like you said best record in the west a- after the, the fucking break it's like you're yeah. climbing out of this fucking hole the whole time yep. and it's like it's almost like coming back in a game where you, you do all that work to do to come back and then you have nothing left by right. the time the game is tied i would expect that to happen over the you know the the larger sample size but luckily we ran into the memphis grizzlies <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you know it's just this weird how do I say this? Um, it's been this weird thing where it's like, you know, the Lakers schedule was like heavily back uh, or um, backloaded where it's like they got to play all these other teams. They got to jump in front of to get there. And then they got there and it was like, well, they did, you know, they beat a bunch of good teams to do this, but they have been together that long. Their defense like is on a string, but like, I don't trust their offense and I don't trust D'Angelo Russell in the playoff series. And, I just saw it last their year. injuries. Right especially when LeBron went down and he's clearly still not himself. Um, but you know, somehow this is with patchwork and, you know, you've seen a bunch of teams when like you have a set rotation and once you deviate from that rotation, players just immediately check out on their, on their, on, you know, their time and their minutes being diminished or whatever else. And somehow he's able to just like, Hey, um, we're running with Schroeder this uh, tonight, so less less <laughs> Vanderbilt at the end of the game. So you can't because he can't score, right? He's off as a liability. Oh, uh, D'Angelo has it hot right now. All right, less Schroeder. Oh, uh, you know, oh Reeves isn't playing that well. Let's give Lonnie Walker some of the minutes, and then it's turned into like just it's basically just patchwork with like four different people, um, for the you know being able to fill out the offense around AD and LeBron and like. A lot of places, you know, you know, Miami is able to do that because Miami can, you know, do that and have that program of getting people to buy in. And there are all these people are like seeing the best of themselves play basketball and the be- people being in the best shape in life. Like it's like a program. The Lakers ain't like that. Like they have not established um, that sort of uh, what do you call it? Culture, if you will, because I said he got to say culture, right? They haven't established that, but like. And also, you know, Ham during the regular season, he was not like exactly a, a um a Nick Nurse level uh 
tactician ready to just and the first time anything goes you know left you're being like all right let's make this just here there there he's he has you know with his way he's handling this and the way the team is looks actually genuinely happy for their success when people have to sit down because they don't have it that night it's impressive because you know we like think back to when lebron uh set the, the scoring record ad pouting about whatever else on the sideline uh Russell looking like or Russell Westbrook looking like he knows he's about to be traded, so he don't give a fuck. And mm-hmm. all you know, and you're out there with a bunch of dudes that should not be in the or not should be in the NBA, but like are not nobody else in the NBA will want them. And then they trade for and get NBA players, and it's just Amazing. wild. It's wild how <laughs> it's, it's wild how you know when it came to this you know this particular um, CBA where it's like. The three star thing, they have eradicated that shit. Like, if you want to do it, go go for it. But the second anyone gets hurt, you're fucked. And yep. um, the blueprint is like get two stars and a bu- and depth around you. Um, and you know if they if the look at come back to the Warriors, like there's a lot of questions that there are a lot of questions they gonna have to answer as far as like their their roster construction going forward because it's like. I, it's going like them that Draymond contract if they give him one an extension or whatever it will hurt if they give I, I don't think they're giving him like this is the end of the road like boys and men said that one time mm-hmm. this is although we've come <laughs> to the end of the road but the thing you know the thing with it is just like all right Joe if Lego they don't give him a contract extension will he will he you know sign a uh, or so will he will he sign or buy in or sorry take his option I mean and then it's like okay, we'd rather have him on an option and have to pay him long-term, but we, then we also have to play Clay, and they've been talking about, like, they don't want to, you know, because they've been hit with the repeater tax so many goddamn times nope. already. Like, they don't really want to take a team that's going to bounce in the second round, you know, that much further. Like, Clay, you know, next year, Steph will be 36. Clay will be 34 nope. with two devastating leg injuries. Draymond will be 34 <laughs> next year. Like It, and, it sure sounded like end of an era. Of of that era in particular, yeah, yeah, I think so. Like, but like it, one it, one can't ever bet against you know Wardell, Stephen Curry, right? Like I'm not, I'm gonna gonna do that. Like I'm not rooting against the man at all. Like, but um, the Clay thing is like it's heartbreaking almost. Uh, it's like well, I think it, it's, it, it, it's it's time almost. Like, I think he's only it, had one bad game in the series though. Like yeah, he, but, game but, four was only game he was bad in. But as far as like going forward, it's almost like the move is trade clay for something. Right, to get value to get de- players. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you know, Jordan Poole has tanked himself so much, it's right. like he's damn near untradeable right now. And I mean, you might find somebody that want him. Could could you like dump him to like Charlotte or something? Sure. And be like, yeah, the, you have the fucking green light, but y'all are gonna be horrible. Like they could do something like that, but it yeah. seems like yeah. And you got to keep in mind also, there's still going to be teams next year that are going to want to tank this hoe out. So like, you could end up having like you know like just like what Utah did when they say, hey, get rid of everybody that's out contributing except for except for marketing because you know marketing is out here fucking this up for us um, <laughs> with, with our tank job. So I'm I'm sure there's bound to be teams like that next year. Like I don't know what next year's class is like. I know there's not like a you know a, th- a three person. Uh, uh, Bronny. 
Sure. The 30th best. The, the, actually, he's actually higher now. He's not 30. He's in like, the like 19 teens. now. Yeah, he's in the teens uh, now. But still, that's it. Like, you're not you're not someone that's going to be a, a, a lottery pick if you're 19th in your class unless something drastically changes. Um, but yeah, like I, I'm still I'm still kind of on like, hey, um, if you want to, there's going to be teams available to, to trade for somebody if, if this is a good class. Like, I, you know, this year has three people that look like they're going to be somebody. But I don't know what next year is is going to look like. I have no idea. I haven't looked that far ahead. I'm not focused on anything past Wimbayama right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. The, the the vitamin Wimbayama draft is next week. Like yeah. we, we we get to see who gets them. But yeah. uh, well, as far not- as everything else, I, I mean, I, I think there was the Jokic and the owner thing or whatever yeah, that was yeah. out there. I mean, it's not too big a deal. I think I think Ishbia, uh, their new owner, is like um, from the Suns. It's kind of like played it off like you know. I'm not, we're not going, we're not trying to, you know, get any, have this affect anything of the game, or whatever else. Like, cause you know, you actually played with like, he played on that Izzo, uh, Michigan State yeah. team, right? Yeah. yeah. So that one that won the title in, uh, 2000. So, mm-hmm. um, I think the thing is like, he, you, you know, nah, I know what that sound like, you know, them Jokers boys, you know, <laughs> <laughs> may be lurking. Yeah. But as far as him holding on to the ball, he knew what he was doing. He was like, okay. Yeah. Uh, Clearly. one of the players basically, one of the heap or Suns players basically went to the floor over the stands. He's trying to hold him to the ball so that like they can't get a fast break on the other end. Like, and that's why Jokic is trying to get that ball. And then like Ishbiel was like, "Oh, he pushed me!" Flopping, <laughs> and it flopped. Unbelievable. <laughs> but yeah, like I'm glad he was because like people were like, "Hey, could this be?" I, suspension? Yeah, I, like, I was, I was furious. They were even like asking that question. I'm like, "Don't even say that shit you, out loud." You know why it was asked? Because like in the rules for what happened in that situation, it's mm-hmm. fine and or suspension. So they didn't know. Because mm-hmm. so like he was gonna get fined at the least, but he could have been suspended. People were like, "Is this gonna be what what it is?" Um, and right now they're uh, the the Nuggets have a like a ten point lead on the Suns right now. So, but yeah. Um, Shout out to all the international listeners in, in the chat. I'm looking at that would have been a big deal because that would have won the series. Yeah, like that yeah, could have oh, been like, sure. yeah, because that's a close series and they're scoring a million points, both teams. But like, no Jokic, they losing. And then now you're looking at, you know, going to game six in <clears> Phoenix, <throat> trying to fend for your life and then pop, try to get back to Denver for game seven. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm glad it actually worked out the way it should have. Whereas like, all right, this, he tried the owner tried to be slick. Jokic gave him a chicken wing. He he, he flopped because that he's like, oh, God damn, that motherfucker's big. And then. And then, like, get continue on. I think I don't even got tech, did he? I don't. I don't think so. I don't think he even got tech. So yeah, um, you know, something just a funny thing to happen because like, when does that ever happen with like an owner, an NBA owner? Even Mark Cuban didn't do this. Yeah, yeah. Remember that one time Mark Cuban like he's been hopping to a uh, to a fight, and then all of a sudden he's like, ah, no, 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 not doing that, mm. not doing that. <laughs> you don't want to with it, no. Right, right. <laughs> not at all. But um, yeah, I, I don't really have too much more on the playoffs. Like it's like, all right, you know, some series are in the middle. The Heat look like they're gonna run the Knicks out the gym, bro, and bro, yeah, bro. I have saved this. I was gonna type it into the thing, but I said I'm gonna save this. We should have known what was gonna happen in the series. When has when has Eric Spoelstra ever lost a playoff series to Tom Thibodeau? <laughs> when point. has that ever happened? Good point. I can't recall, bro. If Jimmy Butler had played in game two, this would be a, this would have been a sweep. Wow, this what a weird fucking playoffs. Um, 
But um, well, well, you know what? I might save for next week. I might save for next week. But if we talk about the playoffs next week, I might save it. But I have I have something in my I have there there is a big agenda that happened over the last few years, and that shit is getting broken over his back right now. But uh, seemingly, but we'll see we'll see how the rest of these series go. Um. So, uh, moving on. Um. Th- so the last time we talked about uh, AW All In, and we we cut a clip up and did very well. Like it, I don't know why you know that particular clip went off the way it did, but mm-hmm. that was like the announcement of the show. We were throwing our predictions, and you know we were you know pretty positive on it and yeah everything like that. But uh, MJ DSPR was good. Um. So. <laughs> Throughout last week, the uh, pre-sale begins, and it starts at thirty-five thousand, goes up each day incrementally to you know forty thousand, uh, fifty thousand, and then the last thing we heard is like sixty thousand plus, like depending right. on who, and apparently is way over sixty thousand. So yeah, who knows? It could be closer to seventy thousand than sixty. We're we're already in like you know this this territory um i would just like to i'm not even gonna take the victory lap yet i'll wait until the final attendance um i believe that this show would sell out um and i i think i started saying that around like april 5th if if i'm not mistaken but um this is a huge achievement huge accomplishment uh i think people trying to spin this um as anything but that need to get their brains reevaluated. Um, they need to find out what's wrong on the inside. They need to um, realize, like, this shit is, like, this has a lot of things going for it as far as, like, why I think the they're at 60-plus before a match was announced. Like, the, the, the two words, all in, you know, are a big fucking deal. Yeah. Wem- Wembley Stadium, big deal. Yep. Um, you know, first international event, uh, yep. lots of fly-ins. First stadium um, show is also a first big deal stadium too. show. First uh, show, first international show, but also first show on that particular hemisphere is also a big deal. Yep, UK being being a hotbed uh, for for stuff like that, and um, this seemingly bothered a lot of people. James, uh, what, what did you make of the sixty thousand plus news and seeing the stuff throughout the week? I thought that they were going to end up around 60,000 by the time they got to the day of the show. And people would have had whatever, you know, things they would have said about whether or not that was success. And if they had said it was anything other than success, they would have been lying through their fucking teeth because, like, that is a WrestleMania number. Um, but, yeah, uh, they're already there. They're already there by the end of the first day on the actual sale. Pre-sale got them, like, 50 and then, you know, extra more tickets. And then, you know, we'll, we'll see where it gets up to. People think it's, you know, close to 70 at this point. Um, yeah, like there's no way to spin this in a or not even spin. There's no way to be uh, to talk in good faith about this and say this anything other than a success. Um, now, if you want to say that, like, hey, I hate this promotion and I wish they, I wish and I don't care about pro wrestling outside whatever I watch is success, then that's you. But like, we're not talking about you right now. Like, wait your turn when it's time for the talk for the wrestling you want to talk about. If, like, I don't understand why people are stealing or trying to steal joy from people or... They can't ignore hate, it, James. It, it, it's, it's just weird to me. Like, like, right? Rich, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you have a... 
I'm, I'm pretty sure you have a pretty strong track record of you being, you know, not into WWE of late. But what, yeah. but right. But will you deny that like they're doing really fucking well right now? <laughs> I, I think it would be hard to come on the show and be like, you know, things just aren't going well, you know, business wise. Like th- those arenas, you know, that the that WrestleMania building that just happened. You know that that just really wasn't you know the the most money making WrestleMania of all time. Right. That really wasn't a success at all. You know, right? right. <laughs> going to these last what? four, going into these last four pay per views, Montreal, the two at SoFi, and then Puerto Rico, watching these pay per views, be like, nah, they're not really they're not really doing well right now. And these crowds been fucking insane. Like, get the fuck out of here. We like so even even I, the you can have whatever bias you have, but like, be fair. Like, live in reality with this stuff. Like, you can have your critiques of whatever to a certain uh, extent of you don't like them doing this, you don't like doing that. If the crowd is there and the crowd is popping for it, it's working. So you can just be like, hey, I have my hangups on this or that, but it, but it is working with this crowd, and that's what they're giving the crowd what they want. So, um, yeah, yeah like, for this to be, it's, you know, over 60, well over 60, um, this far out. Um, and you know, there's words on what, what is actually going to be on? Is it going to be hair view? Is it going to be on streaming? Is it going to be uh, some random show they give them or time slot they give them? We don't know yet. Um, yeah, this is success. Like, yeah, I got a feeling we're going to be running into some answers on that sh- shortly. There's a lot of rumors going around with AEW right now, like that are on it that will only get stronger in the fallout of you guys hearing this. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, Thursday, like, you know, there's there's billions, there's like a billion dollars on the table, allegedly. Um, so we'll see what, what the number is. But I, I think there's going to be a lot of people like and originally, like I want I, we're going to do the cope segment because I had people yeah. send, send us to cope. Right. But I sent a Twitter thread out. I, I, me and James were having a conversation about everything that was going on and just seeing the, the ways people were, were reacting. And uh, I sent a thread out I was we predicted like, we predicted some of the stuff like yeah like, hey how long before they start talking about scalpers and shit and then next thing yeah. you know Dave Meltzer is like hey this thing only has like a thousand scalpers for for reference WWE has like five times or five times uh whatever on some some show people didn't mm-hmm. like that then I was like hey man like it's gonna you know because it was all the stuff it was all the same stuff you've seen it's like hey man, wh- wh- when will y'all learn yeah like, like- like the for, things that for, you're thinking of that might be a reason to knock this thing, like think about it. Think about it twice before you press send. Um so um you know when I you know I really really just wanted to laugh at this stuff, right? But when I think <laughs> about it, um I, I'm reading the comments too. <laughs> So you know I was reading the car. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, but but what, you know when I think about this stuff, like this shit is sad, bro. Like like all this shit has been building towards this type of reaction, going back to people arguing about who was on the AEW trucks. Um, there's just a large group of people that are being fooled by those grifter podcasts. They can't ignore it because this thing has become a passion to them. Like it's a cause. Like I know, we've seen people in other walks of life fall victim to uh, believing in nonsensical things built on misinformation to rally against a perceived enemy. You know what does that sound like? Um, FTR. <laughs> well, that's that's just one example. We can keep going, <laughs> but um, the, the that complaining 
that originally got practice on New Japan back yeah. back then. The the safety, the the no women stuff, the this isn't wrestling stuff, all that stuff like started there. But New Japan yeah. was never really like that threat here. Like the real threat got dropped off on them on their doorstep in America, and they've reacted in multiple insane ways since. Like once, like I started seeing the Twitter accounts get open to where. They were documenting the botches in like a mean spirited way. We we were somewhere else. Like and then like the the trafficking, the misinformation about like the like I've seen people like trying to manipulate like taking masks but not showing the whole thing, bro. It's so weird. Yeah. I think they need to reevaluate what, what they're feeling inside. They think they're going to be replaced. I don't know what's yeah. wrong with these people. Yeah. Like Yeah, and and the thing for me is just like, look. If you don't like a promotion and you wish they die, just ignore them. Like, they're not affecting you. Right? Like, I, I don't get it. Right? Like, so I don't, you know, me and you, we, we one of our rare bonds in, uh, between our fandom is like our love for the Major League Baseball All-Star game because we're like, hey, man, fuck the National League. Right? <laughs> like, you're, you're a Red Sox fan. I'm a Yankees fan. Fuck, fuck them and having their pitcher be the ninth fucking batter. That's stupid. Yeah. Like whatever. Yeah, oh, by the way, we, we we won uh right. on that. Especially, especially right. And especially when it's like especially when like every single year Inter- Inter- League play like a- AL fucking smashes them. And then there was a long stretch, a long stretch of our of our lifetimes where like the AL would fucking destroy would beat them in all star games every single year. Uh mm-hmm. so it was like, yeah, man, like I I mean I don't get me wrong, like I grew up on, you know, watching WGN, watching the Cubs, watching watching the uh White Sox, watching the Braves, whatever else. But like that don't that doesn't mean like I have some nostalgic feeling about Fred McGriff or or, or, or Greg Maddox per se. I really don't. I just I was a, yeah, I grew up a Yankees fan and I ended up watching a bunch of you know American League East. That that's yeah. what it was, right? So like if you ask me about my fondness like those ninety teams, like yeah that's yeah that's cool, but like I'd rather talk about Ichiro. <laughs> I'd rather talk about Ichiro, whatever. So yeah, like I just like no disrespect to them, whatever else you want to do your little stupid, you know. Pitch hit shit, all that kind of stuff. Cool, whatever. Yeah, like I rather, I rather watch. I rather run. watch not just automatic out. Yeah. Um. So let let's get to the cope. Like I I, yeah, I prefaced yeah. it long enough. Uh, I'm gonna I'm not gonna reveal the names or anything, David but there's Justice. a cope thread. Um. <laughs> there there is a cope thread going on. Uh. Trot Nixon. Manny um, <laughs> <laughs> Ramirez. Let's go. <laughs> Oh, so you gonna give every AL? I give an L. That's what uh, you doing? Okay. You know, so uh, our first, our first contestant, um, he, he says, AW can't even get eight hundred thousand in ratings for their flagship show, and we're to believe they sold fifty thousand tickets in two days. Truth is, Tony Khan and others bought a giant dump load of tickets that they're just gonna give away, um, and then. He said uh, there was a gentleman that responded to him. The UK is a different breed. The numbers are legit. He said such a different breed that WWE moved NXT UK out of there because it wasn't worth the money they were wasting. This show is only doing well because it's the first one, not because the product is so great. Man, I can smell the hurt. I can smell the pain. I can smell the tears right there to compare NXT UK to all elite wrestling. What are you smoking? Look, man, um, this is the reason why, like, I thought that NXT got a bad rap for being 
put up by this man to go out there and try to steal, you know, viewers and eyes away from AEW Dynamite. It was like one is in front of 4,000 fans every week. The other is in a fucking LA Fitness or Esport or now. So it's like NXT UK was in front of even less. Right. That's what I was getting at. Like, and like now you're talking about like the fucking subunit of NXT. The NXT of NXT. Like, no, these are not comparable things at all. Uh, uh, contestant number two. Um, he says the Twitter followers, WWE 13.2 million, AW 919,000. WWE struggles to even sell 30 to 35,000 tickets normally the first week. AW doubles WWE. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. The yeah hmm is, hmm. It's almost as if social media is not fucking real. <laughs> It's not is it is not actually like a representation of real life. Jesus oh, Christ. Like so. think of, think of how many times you go on Twitter in a day and you see people talk about how much Twitter sucks. Like don't you think that people just aren't on Twitter cuz they they cuz they don't actually like it either and people have taken that plunge of being like I don't want to do this or I never want to get on this thing or whatever else. So like I don't care what these people informa- or uh, ideas or have my ideas spewed out so like I just Watch what I watch. Never log if back I, in. If I want to, I go to this pl- to these this show. If I don't, I don't. That's the end of it. And a lot of people want to go to this fucking show. That's the end of it. That's how WrestleMania works. Look, the the guy that responds to him, he said, "Yeah, I'm highly skeptical skeptical that fans bought all the tickets. Look at what happened in Chicago. They sold out in like ten minutes. Then a week out from the pay per view, tickets were dirt cheap on the secondary market. Man, is that true? I, I have no idea. Okay. You know, these people." could be um so i got another one contestant number three it's actually a terrible look for AEW. their product is apparently much hotter in the uk than it is in their own home country of america it only highlights how much tony khan has failed to gain momentum for aw in the usa wbd and tbs network would be wondering what is wrong yes james it is a terrible look to sell sixty thousand plus tickets somewhere else and is also like either a person not knowing or being ignorant to or flat out just uh refusing to acknowledge like when they've done sign notes for events before there have been over thirty thousand people in the in the wait list for these things so that would tell you that there is a demand for a stadium show in america they decided to do in uk if they ever do one here what do you think is gonna happen the cope they're you going to sell. sell they're going to sell fifty thousand tickets too. Man, I should I should be doing this segment wearing some type of gas mask or something like you know, so the cope can just directly. I can I can breathe it in that that they're giving off here. Uh, we got our next contestant said they could sell one hundred thousand tickets. Yes, just fuck reality, right? Um, but if the ratings are less than eight hundred thousand the following week, and the company fails to fill arenas on a weekly basis thereafter, it means nothing. That's right, James. The biggest show in company history will absolutely mean nothing. Possibly, yep. like the biggest show wrestling show of all time may possibly mean nothing, James. Yeah, that was gonna tell. Like the, you know, one of the one of the half dozen biggest shows or most attended shows ever means nothing. Yeah, that's nothing. Seven million dollar plus gate at the moment. You know who knows what it'll get up to. Maybe maybe double digits will mean nothing in yeah. the grand scheme of things. And also you know, talking give about that like, money back. And also talking about like their ratings and then like pointing out like, bro, they're going to have a better TV deal than the forty million dollars they're already making per year for this stuff. What are y'all talking about? 
y'all y'all are you not know they, reality. Y'all you do know not, they, either y'all don't know this stuff or y'all are in denial or you're just liars. They're basically saying they can't go rack for rack. <laughs> God damn it. Shout out to one man, Sky Jordan. Oh, oh man, that was a good one this week. They can't go a rack for rack. Put that money in your pocket. <laughs> show that money in your pocket. That's what they say, James. They say show that money in your pocket. Yeah. Oh, okay. This is this is my favorite one. Um so this guy is batshit insane, by the way. Um, he said they're fans, they're crackpot cocaine fueled jackass of an owner who has absolutely no idea what the hell he's doing a vast majority of the time. A lot of their wrestlers who live with WWE envy and their other wrestlers who have absolutely no business being on national TV, working for a company that has absolutely no business being on national TV. I can go on and on. And yeah, I absolutely wholeheartedly want AEW to fail and they're doing a good job of failing on their own anyway. I have my reasons as to why, but I listed only several several they can pack 250 million up in Wembley. It doesn't mean jack shit to me. And it doesn't mean shit in the long run. I gave them their chance. They blew it so they can go fuck themselves. I'll just be here waiting to celebrate when they're finally out of business. So, um, ultimately. Wow. Ultimately, he's just flat out hater. And I applaud him. It, for, it, look, at least I applaud him he for said him. it. He look, said he it with his chest. Yeah, it's based on hey, the Daniel Garcia uh, thing he said about Eddie Kingston. If there, if there are, if there is, if there is one Eddie Kingston hater on earth, I, I am him. Like this is that's what he said. Good for him. I appreciate that. I appreciate him being ridiculous and the person not worth listening to. Then or, or them, I don't know. Compared to the other people that are coming up with all this other nonsense, right? Like you know. So yeah, um, he's full on saying I am not engaging good faith. Thank you. I don't have to waste my time with this person. Love it. Right. Love it. Um, there's another gentleman that is saying um, he was responding to a question of how come WWE had trouble getting Wembley Stadium. This person decided to say because the cons own it. Yeah. Um, it's kind of easy to figure out who what ownership groups own stadiums. Like it's it's something you can just Google. You can Google those. Yeah, man. Um, there's one more. Um, this guy says I've been trying to explain this to the AEW freaks for a while now. Fightful even streams all the AEW pay per views. Is anyone even really surprised? This is why I never believe any negative reports when they report regarding WWE. Now, James, this man said Fightful streams the pay per view. Fight TV is what he actually meant to say. He confused in his hate. He has decided that Fightful now streams the AEW shows and not Fight TV. Are we sure that you say this is an honest mistake? Because one, Fight and Fightful are two different words. And two, Fight is spelt phonetically. <laughs> Brother. I... That shit. What, fight, you, what fight? When, when was Fight ever a four-letter word? These people can't be reasoned with. Um, this is uh, this this is this is sad. This is um, unbecoming of a lot of these people. And I hope <laughs> when they when they tune in on on August twenty seventh, 
and they see 90,000 and they see, you know, TK going rack for rack out there, <laughs> you know, and when they see, you know, the, the waves upon waves upon waves of people and they see, you know, the, the, the small entrance or whatever so that people can walk through and it looks like this phenomenal show mm-hmm. and, you know. Don't complain about stage production. It's it's when they see it. I hope that I, I just hope that they can live with it. Right. Like I just hope that they can they can find it like in their hearts and their souls, and um, they can just give up the misinformation. Maybe for a, just a day, you know, just just let everybody rock with it. Go back to the hate in August twenty eighth, right? But August twenty seventh, you know. It's, it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard to compete with James. It's like, I, I know the haters never sleep, right? Right. You know, hater, haters are always working hard. They on a job, and they'll, they'll they'll work with misinformation if they got to, right? Yeah. But I'm telling you, it's um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a shameful summer for for these, for these people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, whatever, man. Like. Don't get me wrong. There are promotions that, like I, that I, you know, I don't necessarily wish for anyone's downfall, but I just ignore them. But some people just can't can't just be okay with like this thing. This thing in particular, media or entertainment, like exists and is not for you, personally. Like as far as like what your taste for whatever you know, the, whatever medium of entertainment it is, like it's not for you. And like therefore, like people turn into like some type of. Um, thing to champion and be like, well, I don't like it. So it, so it must die. And it's like, that's not how that shit works. Like there's plenty of things that are popular that like, that are successful with, without you. And they're, and they're going to continue to be successful without you. Like, sorry. Like there's not like country, country music is going to continue to exist. I don't give a fuck about it. Aside from like, you know, a couple handful of things, but like, that's it. That's what it is. It's not for you. It's not for you. Not everything's going to be for you. And like people, especially because of Twitter, I think like uh, people have this, this, uh, I guess, like, uh, you know, this space to just say whatever they want to or say their spot of their opinions, whatever else. And But, like, the thing is, like, they want to be heard. And it's like, the other people that are hearing that are throwing that shit back in your face as if Anthony Davis is blocking them. So who gives a fuck? <laughs> like, know that, like, this is a thing that you're hung up on. This is your hang up. This is a you thing. And be okay with it. Like, you know, like I saw, I, I just watched Backlash and, you know, that crowd was amazing. The crowd was amazing. While I'm watching, you know, Brock and Cody have that slow ass match. It's not for me. It's for them. It worked. The end. What else is there? Like, to see Bad Bunny come out and we hear all this stuff about, you know, people talk about somebody should be pushed, someone should be pushed, or this person is or is not a star. You know what makes people a star? If the people in the building fucking go nuts for them. <laughs> so when all this stuff we have about, you know, wrestlers and their looks and and their aesthetic and their physique and all that kind of stuff. The wrestling style. And, and, yeah, wrestling style, all the stuff that goes to promo style, all that kind of stuff. Storylines. Like, Bad Bunny is not a person that fits the Vince McMahon uh, stereotypical when they walk through uh, a air, air lo- or airport, people turn their heads. Bad Bunny looked like anybody else. Bad Bunny went out there in front of dozens of thousands of people and that crowd fucking rumbled that building. It's over. We're done. A star. The end. Like, so, you know, 
however many was it seven million dollars is the gate now yeah it's and it's it's gonna go up it's climbing we're we're at at least seven million dollars for a gate right now they already have they already make 40 million dollars off tv that's it success we're done the failure talk lies bullshit copium it's over over. someone clip that (laughs) (laughs) it's a wrap yeah finito um, so moving on, more AW uh, news here. Um, so uh, Tony Khan last week uh, sent out a tweet about an hour before Dynamite announcing the hiring of Will Washington. Um, some of you guys may know uh, Will Washington from uh, doing podcasts on Grapsity. He's been a longtime podcaster back with RBR as well. Uh, I would call Will a good friend of mine. Um, I Tony Khan sent a tweet out. He said um, he's the new AW wrestling administrating coordinator, administration coordinator. He's working in many areas of wrestling, uh, live events, social media, creative PR. He has a great wrestling mind uh, and he's here, you know, at dynamite and he's been uh, working uh, since the Baltimore show, I believe was his first day. Um, And this is quite a feat uh, for Will. Um, Very happy for him something like this i think you know whenever you're a wrestling fan you always feel like man i wish i could work in wrestling or i you know i wish you know the company would reach out to me or listen to my ideas or something like that and now will's gonna be working in creative directly with tony khan like this is this is not a standard um from what i've gathered it's not a standard oh this person's on a writing team like you know they have 50 writers in wwe or something like that this is a little different um and um, I, I ended up, you know, I talked with Will briefly, um, you know, a couple of days before it was announced and uh, he let me know what was going on with it. And it was, um, you know, I just started thinking, I was like, wow, like he's, he's, he's really like going to be in there. You know, he's leaving Grapsity and, you know, those guys built like a, a, a nice thing over on Fightful. And um, I, I was just thinking about how big this is from the standpoint of this shit like this doesn't happen. Um it, this is new ideas, new voices, and this is a this is a threat, I think, to, to some people who've, you know, this whole thing with wrestling since WCW closed has been nothing but like rehires of of, fail, of guys that have failed in different places, just the same old people and everything like that. Will is a sharp left turn from that, and I think he actually represents everything that you would anticipate well, you want AW to be. You would not want AW to hire Dutch Mantel to come in. You would not want AW to hire Vince Russo or something no. like that. You want fresh new voices. And on top of that, this is a brother. Like this is like when we talk about like highest ranking people in pro wrestling, like is he like one of the highest ranking like black men ever in pro wrestling in at this point? American pro wrestling, yeah, he had to be like day one stepping in. Um, so when you said that like, this doesn't this doesn't really happen to to people, I, I started thinking of um the <laughs> when when uh, Harry Styles won Grammy of album of the year instead yeah. of Beyonce, and like he and then he got roasted for saying like this doesn't happen to to people like him. And then, like, his oh, yeah, fans had, yeah, to, yeah. had to come up with something. They're like, well, he means, like, you know, working class people. And I was like, nah, there have been working class people that have won the Gram- uh, Grammys for album of the year. Him saying that is like, people were like, you know how many white men have won this thing? But, like, yeah. getting back to the real thing is like, people like him, yeah, you're damn right. That would have definitely applied to Will Washington. 
Yeah. Like, like Will was not, you know, Ernie Lad, like Ernie Lad, like we're here in the comic King of the North saying, is Will Washington the highest ranking black man in a wrestling com- company since Ernie Ladd? Look, let's There's say the answer that's true. Let, let's say the answer to that is yes, right? Ernie Ladd, NFL fucking uh, all pro player or whatever that has to, you know, be six foot nine and a wrestler and get tapped on the shoulder essentially by Bill Watts, right? right. And uh, hold on. in and also a Bill Watts that is in a in a region of the country that he that made him knew that he had to push black talent right. to 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 work on to be able to grab a certain demographic of the population, a sizable demographic of that population in his region. So it's, it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing at all. Like Ernie Ladd could be Ernie Ladd in uh, AWA and he probably ain't getting that job. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, it's a it's a big fucking deal, and it's been a long fucking time between Ernie Ladd and Will Washington. Yeah. Um, wh- what what did you make of this this news, James? So I you know I don't really know Will too well. Obviously, you do. We uh, we met him in Orlando for uh, uh, Revolution two thousand twenty one, twenty two, twenty two. Um, smart dude. Uh, a uh. uh a very patient dude, a person that's willing to listen to me slightly disagree with him and then go down a spill of why I disagree with him and then, like, was listening and, supposed, which is, like, he could just be like, hey, this, who's this asshole? So, yeah, like, he, he he's a he's a thumbs-up guy for me because, uh, like, I wasn't disagreeing to be confrontational. I was disagreeing, like, hey, I just disagree and here's why. And, like, you know, when you just meet people and you disagree with you off-rip, you, you immediately just be like, okay, I don't, okay, and just like want to check out the conversation, but he was a he was a, he was a pleasant dude to be around for the time I was around with him, and um you know it was cool to just kick it with some with a dude that like liked wrestling as much as we do. So um yeah. I haven't really had conversations like uh, to the city that you have had with him, but uh but yeah like he gives me all the you know in my uh few interactions with me, he's giving me all the uh the check marks of this is okay guy. So yeah um. Interesting to see what he does. Like, obviously, he has, um, you know, some of his content as far as, like, uh, his, I don't know what exactly was his content that got him this particular um, spot. But, like, I've heard he's done a bunch of fantasy booking stuff before. And I guess that intrigued Tony Tony Khan. So, like, uh, you know, he definitely, Tony Khan definitely needed help. And, you know, back in the day, there was, there was talks of, you know, there were bookers. And they had basically an assistant booker to kind of keep straight whatever they may have forgotten. And Tony Khan, for as well as he has done in the macro Definitely does need someone to help him in the, in the, uh, oh, uh, um, Jamal Murray went down, he's holding his ankle. Um, I think mm-hmm. he might be hurt, but, um, they, he definitely needs someone to help him with like the, you know, the week to week, month to month stuff of storylines because it feels like there's a lot of start and start and stop stuff and stuff gets dropped and you forget and it never got finished off. And it was actually stuff that was things people cared about. So, um, yeah, uh, Will's real sharp with with dates and like yeah. you know memorizing you know like angles like like I think you know there's a there's kind of a kinship there and then Will's been kind of a standout in all those um and a lot of these like media um press things asking like tough but like fair questions and um you know I can only say that you know Will's always been very cool to me so um Wait, so, so, very so excited. somebody so somebody was asking non-softball <laughs> questions at one of these pressers I I oh I thought you weren't allowed to do that <laughs> I thought you just had to kiss their ass to be so happy that you were that you were allowed there like you had to you had to treat them with kid gloves if you're like Trump at a White House meeting at a White House press conference 
It's amazing Shocker. how that works, right? It's amazing. <clears throat> um, but yeah, man, like just from you know seeing what what, what he did with Grapsity, and Grapsity is going to continue with Reg and Phil, and um, he ended up leaving Fightful and all that, and you know to essentially like go to you know whether he's really plugged in with Tony Khan like you know the the other various jobs I'm sure he's going to be going to be doing I think he's going to do an excellent job and um you know much love very happy for you will if you, if you see this so um and oh yeah yeah King of the North brings a brings a great point up all the right people hated this hiring um you know all the people that that you know that, that are, saw people talking shit and that was hating and that, that was taking shots at will I just gotta let y'all know, y'all lost again. Y'all lost. F- figure it out, you know. Like you, you lost. Like that. That. That's. That, you know. Get fucked. Like it's. It, you know. Shout out to my man Will. So, um. So let's get to um the WWE pay per view backlash. <clears throat> this show, I would probably go on the record and say there are aspects of it where I could easily see someone say they like this show better than WrestleMania. Especially night two, yeah. <clears throat> um I think that this show top to bottom, um like I don't think there was like a super match anywhere, like as far as like uh, you know, so, something like a match of the year can or anything like that, but yeah, for yeah. A- atmosphere, environment, um, putting over the, you know, like the people that aside from like the Bianca thing, um, <laughs> um, but j- just, the, just the way that everything felt throughout the night, uh, this, this show was awesome. Um, the, I, I guess we start at the bottom uh, Bianca Belair and EO sky. Um, this was the John Cena of vacation of Bianca Belair here. Uh, I don't know what happened, but EO Sky was uh, a lot of fans of the Threedom, uh there. A lot of uh, stardom subscriptions on the, on the island, James. But uh, I mean, it, it's kind of, kind of what we were talking about with, with Bianca, and like I think people were kind of kind of looking at the watch on her now, and like, hey man, she's just she's just killing everybody. Um, they were booing the shit out of her. And really going hard for EO, and it was like, it, it, it's that thing. Well, it, it, this babyface out here getting booed. It, it, this promotion's like it's so backwards. It's like she hasn't done anything to be booed. She hasn't done anything like, but like you, you cheer all the people that cheat and do all this. Stuff. It's fucking weird. It's a bizarre world. Um, but you know, when babyfaces do get booed, it, it is something to kind of take note of. Yeah, um, so I, how do I say this? So I, I saw, I was spoiled on the result and I was spoiled on the, uh, the takes of people's or their thoughts of people's reactions to, um, the crowd. And then I watched, watched it and like, I'm watching it and like Beyond comes out, she gets a huge pop. Then Eo comes out, she gets a huge pop. And then the crowd uh, throughout the match, a match that was designed to get EO over, the crowd was rooting for EO. Um, now, look, if you want to get into, if you want to get into, uh, someone made a buzzer reader at halftime. If you want to get into, um, you know, 
the anti-blackness of Puerto Rico or or, or Hispanic uh, <laughs> or or Hispanic uh, areas pockets. If you, it, we can, but like I kind of think it, you know, I kind of think it, you know, kind of goes without saying that. Like, yeah, it's kind of like here too, whatever. Um, and I can move on from that. Uh, but yeah, um, I just I I just thought like they really liked EO. The match was set up to make EO seem like a breakout. Potential, like a potential breakout star, like a future uh, player in the in the singles division, the women's uh, women's uh, side, and on SmackDown, and um, I I thought that like it was a really great slow mo EO Shirai match, um, or sorry EO Sky, and like I thought that this was the best match I saw on the show of the four matches I saw, um, and like I saw the ending of it, and like there is like deniability of whether or not EO knew that her friends came out and helped her cheat. Um, I, so I'm watching the match and I enjoy it. And I'm seeing like, you know, Bailey make a play. I see, uh, EO, uh, basically do the, do the six, one, nine, uh, kick thing into the leg that sends, uh, Bianca into the second rope. EO's back is turned as, as Dakota hits the kick and then it comes out the way. And then EO continues, tries, tries to get a, a pin and it doesn't work out. And the crowd is like, Damn, she didn't do it. And then, next thing you know, Bianca overcomes that, lays out the rest of the heels, and then wins. And, like, the crowd was, you know, you know, Bianca, you know, she thwarted the, the cheating, um, which, at the time, seeing how the match ended, I could I, I could be like, all right, you're setting up that, like, you was going to get away from damage control. Um, So, like, that... So I see it as like, okay, I see what they did here. Um, you could also see it from the perspective of, well, they made EO look weak, but it's like, well, EO make, make EO look weak. Like she's, she's never had this opportunity and she did very well and her friends fucked it up for her. So like, that is the story. Um, so yeah, I was liking I, that, this match I thought, a lot but I thought, totally. but like, I'm watching the match and it's in slow-mo or whatever else. And then I'm, by the time we get towards the end, I'm like, all right, fuck it for, I, I, I thought the match was great by the end. Um, yeah, I went. I, I thought it was pretty good until the ending. I I didn't like the ending. The ending, the ending can definitely drop it because definitely um, it's like, look, after having that match, you feel like you, this thing deserves somebody. It, even if it's Bianca winning, Bianca beating her, and then you'd be like, she took her further than pretty much anyone else has done. And they're yeah. both going to be on SmackDown. Yeah, I I, I don't think this is going to lead to anything in the future. I think this is wrap personally, but. Um, I would probably go three and three quarters on this, and you know, keep moving from there. But um, yeah, it's you know they get they, they got something to keep their eye on. Like with Bianca, uh, she became the longest reigning uh, Raw Women's Champion, which I just hope they keep her with that belt, even though she's going to SmackDown because like they're gonna swap the belts, and then like that reign is gonna end with her not losing to anyone. It's just I don't know, everything is fucked up like that. Like that's they need to just like take the uh show specific stuff off the women's belts at this point but you know whatever um i mean do pr are, are people actually hung up on the rain in that way to where if you sw- gets the, the blue belt people were like oh okay it this is now this is a whole different rain now i think people were like hey she's a top star for over a year and then you don't think people be like oh she was top she was a top champ over the year here and now she's just a champ over here and like it's effectively the same rain like just the way they write their record books, it wouldn't go like that. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, as far but do people actually view it that way, though? Like, like for example, I guess what I'm asking is, like, are people going to look, more like, look at Muhammad Ali coming, uh, coming out of uh, doing his time as, like, not really the champion? 
uh, I, I think the more this happens, like they'll look at shit like that, especially like knowing how the belt swap went last time, and then like thinking about how they how they written these record books since, and it's like mm. this is just dumb. Like <laughs> this can be avoided. Like um, so, Charlotte, like after WrestleMania, just pe- like dipped out again. Oh, of course. Is she okay? It's just basically like a, I won't. I just don't want to do anything right now. Yeah, again. like you know, get, get, like I'm not selling this loss. I just disappear. You know, um, Seth Rollins versus Almost, pleasant surprise. Best match of Almost's career. Seth Rollins, super ultimate carry job here. Uh, this was a Shawn Michaels versus uh, Sid special here. Um, that bad, this huh? was no, no, not at all. Um, this was like you know. This was awesome. This was an awesome match. Crowd was really into this as well, um, and and I thought Rollins looked great in this. This was like, like I I don't know who else on the roster almost would have probably looked this this good with in like four. Really? That's what. Look, it has a six point two four on cage match, right? But watching it, how many negative? How many people are bombing it though? Just because like, oh, it's almost so it can't be good. I'm I'm sure there's some of that in there, right? Um, but I, I thought this was a I thought this was a good big man small man match, and um, I'm, I'm all, I grew up watching matches like these. Um, so seeing seeing Shawn Michaels go against uh, the uh, uh, thing, so like you know Rollins did good, you know almost he's doing his thing, man. Like he, he's do, he's doing his thing, so uh, can't can't really hate. Like okay, that. so I'm looking at uh, cage match right now for the match. It's a six point two four. On cage match, the number one vote is a seven. Mm-hmm. Right, number two th- votes is a is a six. Six, and then like there's like thirteen fours, of a three and a, and like sixty three fives, which is like all right. Number two, the number two votes are sevens and sixes, and like you get that larger number of uh, fives, like. So there, there is there's something there with that with a weird number of dumping at below where it should be. Then, if that's the case, but whatever. Um, yeah, yeah uh, I guess I'll check it out. Like, yeah. I mean, there's only four. There was only eight matches on the card. Seven. Yeah, this only went ten minutes. So yeah, you know. yeah. I'll, I'll check out the rest of the stuff I missed. <clears throat> um, now on to this U.S. title match. Uh, Austin Theory against Bobby Lashley, Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed did a backflip. That's the only thing I remember about this match. Mm. This is this is a standard Austin Theory triple threat match at this point. The other two guys wrestle each other, and he gets the pin. And I'm guessing I'm guessing wholly he's unimpressive. I'm guessing he stole the pin from Lashley. Yes, uh, Sue Williams had the best tweet I saw about this. Uh, Austin Theory when he came out, uh, you could hear a rat piss on cotton when he came out during in this hot ass building. That's like, descriptive. Yes. Um, and it's just like this Austin Theory thing. This is like they're gonna push him, and they're not gonna stop pushing him. So everyone better better lock in. But there's nothing there, Jack. Not at this stage. Right. Um, SmackDown Women's Title Match: Rhea Ripley versus Zelina Vega, who comes out here dressed like Miguel Cotto. Um. <sighs> James, um, you know, it's, I, I'm looking at it right, and I, I'm seeing the entrance, entrances, and all that, and I'm gonna play some for the, for the stream. Like, 
honestly, they should have licensed some some music for Zelina, man. Like, is what it what I think you gonna play? You already know I'm about to play. Like, you know, if, if this music would have hit. They would have played that. What did you play? I have no idea. I can't hear. Uh, I played that one hundred percent. Yes, that is exactly what I thought. Rich, I shit you not. I was going. I I clipped up. I ripped the. Uh, I ripped one hundred percent today, and I edited. It and I was going to sing you like the the, the last verse. I, I was going to say, hey, "Play this." I didn't have to, no. I, I didn't even say nothing to you, but yes, they should have absolutely played that pun 100%. Yes, they, they should have played it for, for, for her to come out, and they should have had her wrestle someone other than Rhea Ripley. Oh man, you look, I, I, she she's came coming out, out crying crazy for her. She's dressing in, she's dressing a Puerto Rican flag, head to toe, red, white, Custom and blue. Uptowns. Red, red, white, and blue have rarely ever looked so good. Um, she 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 uh she gets her spots in. The crowd's really into it. Look, what was Lacey Evans doing? She couldn't have came out there and got that heat. The title match means more. It does. This is what I'll say to you. I would. I understand why they didn't do it because of what they did in the Bad Bunny match. But if they hadn't had all that stuff in the money, but Bad Bunny match, if they had saved it or they kept it to where like it happened in both matches. You you come out there and you have um, Balor and you have Dominic come out there and help Rhea cheat after Rhea has slipped on banana pill two or three times. She's stunned in days. You uh, you have to come out. You have LWO come out and you have all of both sections both factions fuck around on the outside. And you ultimately lead to like it fucking up uh, Judgment Day. And Rhea ends up getting her shoulders pinned to the mat for three seconds, and then I would have put the belt on. I would have put the belt on Zelina right then, right there, and then I would have had them do a rematch five days later and took it right back off her. I would have absolutely done. I absolutely would have put the belt on her just for the show and got it right back off her the next week. I would have absolutely yep. done it because the way that crowd reacted to her, I would. I, I I would have. And. Rhea doesn't need no super long 400 straight days. And even if it's uh, and it's only been a month since WrestleMania, so like you can just have her lose it, get it right back, and then continue on whatever else. And it's just only like 30 days less or whatever. So it wouldn't have mattered. That's how hot this crowd was. I would have put I would have put every motherfucker that spoke Spanish over on this card. Every single one of them. And James, like, instead, she just fucking destroys her. Like, she's yeah. like, she, she just fucking kills her. Like, nothing. Bees are, like, doesn't even get a comeback. Just kind of. Well, well, she had, she was in the middle of a comeback. And then uh, Rhea hits a head kick and then picks her up and hits her with the ripcord. And it was over. And it was like. Well, like, man. It went seven minutes. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe they feel that's only that's how far we can take it with, with Zelina, and that's the yeah. case. Fine, but I I would have thrown so I would look I would have sprinkled some of that smoking mirrors on that bitch and and and, and that put turn look. turn the t- change the title. I would have done it. I would have done it. I would have had the all American Lacey Evans out there talking that shit, that that uncomfortable shit, and then getting vanquished out here on the island. <sighs> like when she finally had to step foot on the island with Zelina, <sighs> that's what I would have did. Like Rhea Ripley. 
uh-uh. Like, I know, like, Zelina Vega hasn't won a match since 2021. So, like, I I get not actually strapping her up, but it just, like, looked crazy. Like, that when... would have made... Look, that's why you do it, and you do it in Puerto Rico, and you then you take it right back off of her less than a week later. Yeah. Because it's like, she caught... She, look... There was bullshit that was outside of the control of the actual match. People ran into the thing and, you know, someone in, and all of a sudden, you know, saying, you know, Rhea's like caught in a schoolboy or whatever else. She can't get out of it. That's what I would have done. I would have I would have fluked her the belt and then I would take it right back off her once once reality came back in the rematch. Is that what I would have done? You can book, so, you can book flukes in pro wrestling. It's, we've done it before because the flukes happen in real life, you know, but whatever. So earlier in the night, I think after the Seth Rollins match, Rey Mysterio goes to visit Bad Bunny in his locker room. I love this. And he, you know, basically, you know, they're talking Spanish. You don't know what they're saying, whatever, but you, you kind of get the vibes. And then um, Ray brings in Savio Vega. I pop my new yep. generation fan self. Remember Savio Vega doing the spinning wheel kick and, yep. you know, all that shit. I was a big Savio Vega fan. Uh, he hands Bad Bunny the the custom Puerto Rico flag uh, kendo stick, and I'm like, "Oh, that was cool. Savio's here." Didn't think nothing of it. Up next, the San Juan Street fight. Well, let me, let me, before we get to that, the reason why I loved this was because they they just talked in Spanish. James, when have we ever seen Puerto Rico and Mexico come together like this? <sighs> Come together like in a building, like I would say a boxing. I would say a boxing fight, but like t- together nah. as far as all in all for one. All not for nah, one. not we, quite. We all the same. They, they all the same in the same building, guys. but they ain't going for the same people. Uh, yeah. Look, um, I would I would be hard pressed to figure that out, right? But what I will say is that, um, like, I love the part where they just like they didn't have them come out. You know, they didn't have them basically code switch for for the white audience or the American audience. To, to understand like what they're saying like just use like d- d- like you said like just follow the body language of what's, what's happening right there they're just meeting up exchanging pleasantries brings in Savio Vega Savio Vega gives him the Kindle stick that's all you need to know you didn't actually need to know what was said you just need to know about vibes and like this reason stuff like this is why like I can watch like Japanese pro wrestling without like uh without such translations or, or dubs or whatever else because it's like this shit isn't that hard to get the general gist of what people are saying. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I thought it was really cool. And yeah. Then we got the San Juan street fight. Damien priest brings his ass out there, gives in the ring, you know, member of the mesh militia wearing the white. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that shit. <laughs> look, I don't even want to know what, what the likes of Damian Priest was getting into on the island after this. But, oh, um, <laughs> so I, I assure you that Triple H is not, well, not behind him doing the point. I'm sure I guarantee yeah. you there may, yeah. the jacuzzi was probably there, but definitely not uh, Triple H. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly, Brewhaven. <laughs> um, but, Bad Bunny's music hits all of a sudden like he gets an entrance that like no one else on the show has like they have shot walking in backward right. aside from Austin Theory like they they oh, turned okay. the camera around for that for his entrance but it don't look or feel the same so they they put the camera behind his man he walks out in that skinny entrance way or whatever and they have yep. the, they don't have the big LED board and all that right. shit and I think when this shows a when this shows a why 
because they needed to, they needed room to sell all those fucking seats for the sellout. That's why. So when people talk about all in or whatever else in a few years, uh, and talk about the stage production or whatever else, show them Wembley uh, for WrestleMania or SummerSlam '92, and then show them this Puerto Rico thing. You'd be like, did the stage make that that interest any more electric? No. no. Shut up. Yeah. Um, so Bad Bunny comes out to I believe is Cambrea. I think his song is. Cambrea. Uh, it's Cambrea. like a song from okay. like uh, 2017. Or yeah, something. something like that. Yeah, it was early. It was early Bunny. Yeah. So that shit his and that shit starts cranking. Yep. Big time. They're they're still shooting from behind. Whole crowd singing in unison. Like, it, and it's like if. I'm like, this is a superstar entrance. Yep. Oh my god! Like, it and I felt, was like, it didn't feel like a wrestling up. match. It felt like a, it felt like a fighter going coming out for the main event. That's what it felt. It felt like right. walk up music. It was awesome. Right. Um. And then like about midway up the aisle, Bad Bunny turns around, decides I forgot. Um. You know my utensils, and he goes and grabs a shopping cart in the name of New Jack. Uh, at this point, I wanted the Bad Bunny music to keep playing. Um. But unfortunately, they cut it off. Um, so he comes to the fucking ring with the fucking um, uh, the the shopping cart full of yep. weapons, trash, lids, more kendo sticks, chairs, chairs lead pipes that were never used, but lead pipes, bro, a chain. And, and what proceeds to happen is Bad Bunny and Damian Priest have an absolutely batshit insane match, like full of like weapons uh, like they did a body part match they did a weapons match they did a, a brawl walking brawl they did a tons of run-ins yep. they did uh all the people getting their own entrances David the return of Goliath fu- as well david versus goliath fucking carlito shows up yep. savio shows up the whole judgment day shows up there's more things like like cody rose i know he was backstage furious he was like what the fuck? Like, y'all done stole my whole shit, like, essentially. But um, I saw all this and I was like, this is insane. Like, this is not good, but, or this is not, this is bad, but it's good at the same time. Like, okay, thank and, you. Thank you. Yeah. Cause I saw the, I saw the cage match where, and I was like, and then I watched and I was like, look, I understand why people like this match so much. Bro, it was Bunny, just- but Bunny, look, Bunny felt, Bunny felt like this felt like a good Shaman Man performance. Like he, mm-hmm. I'm watching him. I see the stuff he does. Shout out to shout out to Damian Priest for protecting this dude. But that dude clearly like only knows the mo- the basic stuff. The basic stuff. And why would he only know anything more than the basic stuff? Like he felt untrained at times. And you know, and like when he did the slice, Brady almost broke his fucking neck by landing on his head. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was look, and he missed punches and whatever else. It doesn't matter. Like he sold his ass off. The match was well laid out. The match was meant for the Gaga at the end, and all the runouts only kept getting the crowd hotter and hotter and hotter. And then at some point, like it's I started crazy. laughing because of how long it's taken between the, the stuff that's like in the ramp as opposed to the match. And I'm like, okay, we're gonna get back to the match. They got back to the, they cut back to the match in the ring, and even Michael Cole said, "Oh yeah, there's a match going on," and I fucking howled because I was like, <laughs> he would have never said that. He he would never said that like five years ago about like all the bullshit having this match and people have been laying down forever. He would never have pointed that Bro, out. But I, that I bunny was pounced. laying down in the yeah. corner for like a smooth like forever. eight minutes. Forever. Like, Bro, it was so funny. Bro, like 
but like but i enjoyed you, it you, i enjoyed if all you the- didn't watch this go out of your way to watch this you're gonna see the runtime and you're gonna be like oh, i don't know yeah it flies by like yeah. there's shit there's something always happening in this shit yes. like for what it was phenomenal like right. if you're like, putting this on a regular wrestling scale throw it out don't even yeah, don't even not, like, it, like if you're watching it from the technical skill i'm sorry you're like he's not no logan paul he's yeah. not yeah. he's not even it, a fool it, champ. It's, it's, but it's a whole different thing. But he gets, but he gets how he gets. The he, he knows how to it. perform. The timing, sorry. He knows how to perform. Right. Like the, the second he stepped through the the curtain, it was just like we were in his fucking arena. Like, and it was like he had ultimate control over over, over all the shit, like over right. everything that was happening. And, like, and, and, and it was like, just those 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 artist instincts, like were were kicking in. Yeah, and like priest. Look, we all know Priest can go. Um, we all know they tried at certain points to try to make him, um, you know, a Hispanic superstar and all that kind of stuff. He's, you know, they've always been chasing after this next person after Ray. This, and, you know, we've talked about like the LWO thing and like, are they, what are they doing? To what end are they using this for? Are they only doing this for like the Puerto Rico, just get to the Puerto Rico show and then like they're going to drop it off? Hey, they can continue with this. Like, this LWO thing with Ray. And Bunny and um and the rest of Legado uh Del Fantasma and Zelina like that's a babyface act that can work. It is like you know they you know as far as the bell rings they got that but we're right there. Like it's a it's a real thing now. It's a real thing that can actually like be something to be a good B storyline like around like what's happening beneath Cody or CISO, like beneath the bloodline and what's happening with Cody. This would be a Look, great number, like number this three storyline. At this point, like this stuff is like, like it's more enjoyable. Yes, is it more enjoyable like the, than the bloodline? Yes, but I'm saying, and, as far, and, but as, far as like, how they're going to handle stuff and the star stuff, whatever else, I'm saying, like you know how to keep that stuff in. You know whether it was yeah, you know CM Punk or or, Dang, or Brian Dangle doing, uh, you know, or sorry, uh, Dangle Brian doing better stuff than Cena at a certain time. Is like the main thing that made the shows. Work was the power where like they had three things going on in the show that you could care about um, that you know really helped 2013 or whatever else. So, um, ten years ago, James, I, I know, I know, but I'm saying like the main thing is like if you have three good successful storylines going on, you're cooking as a promotion. Like our, yeah. we have our things about how good the matches actually are and like the booking or like the way they portray wrestlers as geeks and whatever else. Well, we gonna get to that's, it. That's yeah, that, like that's absolutely still there, but. If you got the stories, you're up. Period. And if they want to continue with this, this another this is another thing of in their favor of like like the, the Brock and Cody thing that's going to continue the bloodline thing. This like you have three stories. It seems uh, to me, or three you know fuse programs, whatever else that are like actually like working. The the only person that didn't come out during this was Invader Number One. But um, moving forward, six man tag, um, uh, the bloodline of Jay Uso, Jimmy Uso, and Solo Sokoa defeat Kevin Owens, Matt Riddle, and Sami Zayn. Matt Riddle plugged in here to to take the pin. This was a ice cold match, uh, from the greatest storyline ever to the to the cool down match. What a journey we've we've been taking on here, um, you know. So what happened? I'm I'm sorry. This guy, Solo Sokoa, is one of the most boring wrestlers I've ever watched in my life. He just stands there, like, just more dissension, 
Jay Uso yelling at Sami Zayn, "You ruined my life and you ruined this family and all this." I was like, "We were doing this months ago, man. Like, what are we doing? Like, there's a, it's like we've reached the end the end of the the juice on the squeeze here. Um, this match is so slow, so slow, so slow. Nothing happening. Ultimate slowdown." In, as hot as this crowd was, the literally the match before it, the Usos were like, "We don't want to do none of that shit. We 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 have we will have none of it. We want you to sit here and and you know, uh, uh, King of the North saying shut this Samoan house of torture shit down. Yes, this is this is bad, bro. Um, Owens and Zane and Riddle took turns getting whooped on. Zane was getting whooped on most of the time, so they're still booking Sami Zayn like. Like he's all the way back to earth now. Um, <laughs> um, Riddle is in there clearly just to do a job, and he ends up getting pinned by Solo Sokoa. The the big part in the match kind of builds to Solo Sokoa acting like he's going to give the spike to Jay, and Jay kind of stopping. But they literally like it's almost like someone hits the pause button, and we're just sitting there watching them, and nothing happens for like seemingly like. 45 seconds to a minute like he's just kind of sitting there with the thumb out and shit like and acting like he's cocking it back and jay's like yelling at him and it's like i i did not enjoy this match three and a quarter um and it was just like it went way longer than it needed to this this should have been on tv and as a matter of fact, it was on tv a couple of weeks ago when uh kevin owens and Sami Zayn beat the usos by themselves but they just put this match together to do something. And now, James, the greatest storyline of all time ends with um, the bloodline saying on SmackDown and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn going to Raw. Well, for now, because, you know, like, the, they're going to they're gonna break up and go back to doing, like, there's not going to be a real brand split. Like, yeah. It was, a, it, was a waste, it was a waste of a draft. They're just doing this to, to do it. Um, yeah, I... Look, um... I haven't seen it. Not a fan. Uh, but I saw it was twenty two minutes, and I'll watch it. I'll watch it this week. But um, yeah, uh, I, maybe they just felt like they had to just put a bloodline thing on the show because I they were chanting for Roman. Roman. wasn't even there. Sorry. So they, they were chanting for Roman. Really? They were like, "We want Roman. Roman don't want y'all." Yeah. Yeah, this was this was he, not. Look, you, do you think if he asked it and said, "I want to, I want to be on the show," they would have told him no? <laughs> um, I, I would think with the hindsight, he would have probably liked to be in front of this crowd. But those be the breaks. Yeah, main evento: Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar. Nine minutes. Cody Rhodes wins the match against Brock Lesnar. I, I think I think you are starting. I think you're getting to the point without talk, going through it to get to get to the point. Cody, okay. jump, Cody jumped this man Cody, before the bell like a scoundrel. Yeah, he attacked this man before the bell. Um, used cha- used the uh, stairs multiple times. Used the chairs. Then got in the ring. And the second he got in the ring, Brock cut him off and then threw him into the corner. And then from there, there was, you know, trades of um, disaster kicks and suplexes. Um, and then the end is basically Brock gets him in a Kimura, or, or sorry, uh, Cody kicked out of F5. 
Um, but by the time you get to the end of it, Brock has him in a Kimura. Before yeah. that, before that, James, Brock at a, some at a certain point, the turnbuckle gets ripped off. Brock decides I'm gonna go ahead and run, run my head into this thing, get this intentional hard way yes, going he hard on. You boys. I, I I I saw him get blood. I rewound it because I was like, I don't think it was a razor involved. I rewound it because I saw like, wait, well, let me rewind it a little bit because I think a ref was close by him. Maybe he handed him something to pass it off. I don't know. Went by, watched it again. Looked at his hands, uh, you know, his gloves. Look at his hands as he goes to the thing. I'm like, holy shit, he headbutted this fucking thing to get a hard way. This fucking idiot. Like, how is this worse than, than cutting yourself with a razor? He could have concussed himself. And, and then have to uh, continue the rest of the match. Like, there there are, like, people that think, like, that this was a blade job. Still it wasn't. Because cause they cut the camera and did, like, the RKO immediately after it. Like, you know, the ref... So, like in the comments saying the ref picked it up and tucked it. I would have to rewatch it, but from what it looked like, it looked like the classic Brock Lesnar. I'm gonna run into either a metal post or some some something or whatever to to you know get this blood and um, yes. Some the, people were commending guess, him for I, doing it rather than blading, but blading is ways blading is way safer. Blading is way yeah. There's no easier. risk of concussion. Yeah, exactly. It's like the it's like the thing's not blood. Like you're not gonna bleed to death from a little mark on your forehead. Right. Like there's no major artery right there. Like right. this isn't like he's not like he's you know his neck went into something or you know a femoral artery went into something. It, look, as so, you mentioned, from there the 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 Kimura. Yeah, Brock has him in a Kimura uh, with the hooks in, um, and then he and then basically like as he hyperextends Cody's elbow, he shifts up he shifts basically up on, or further up his shoulders and as he shifts up his shoulders Cody without even having his feet on the ground miracles a uh, 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 a pinfall even though like he doesn't have leverage like all the leverage was presented by the stupid submission guy being so uh into getting a submission that he got himself pinned which is a trope in WWE like we've seen it with we've seen it with Shayna Baszler with the, with the uh Fuku, uh I'm going to say Fuku clutch whatever uh whatever her clutch is called as a that's a um that's a choke we've seen it with Samoa Joe where it's like why why are these submission specialists people who get Ronda Rousey James we, we saw Ronda Rousey doing it at SummerSlam with Liv, Liv. Morgan right, but right. Liv it's, did it's, the it's tap a, out it's a trope and... it's, a tro- it's a trope yeah yeah so he do that. I saw that. And I immediately like this is a scam. This is yep. a fake job. Yep. And then Cody rolls gets out up, and dips, rolls out the ring, and then runs away from Brock Lesnar. Doesn't Roll, even get his hand raised. Rolls out and dips, and then they put the gra- and then they put the uh, and then they roll credit. They, they put the credits at the bottom, and they end it like they. I haven't seen them get off of a ma- get out of a main event, get out of a main event, and go off air faster since like they scammed. Uh, SummerSlam 2018. Jesus, with with, with, uh, with Brock Roman. and Roman yeah. and Strowman. Like yeah. that's last time I remember them getting off air that fast. That was fast so, when it was like, yo, this wasn't even like 90 seconds. They were already off air. When I saw this, I was like, well, a couple things are happening here. One, they don't want him to go over Brock Lesnar strongly. Obviously. Two, um, they don't want they want to protect Brock Lesnar here. Brock Lesnar's a star of, the, uh, of this here. He was laid out, you know. This whole thing was about protecting Brock Lesnar for him getting jumped, to him uh, getting his head bust open, to him getting you know getting roll getting the shit rolled up and then stolen from. Essentially, that's how they booked this shit. 
And then, of course, they set it up for the next night to Brock Lesnar to attack him so they can book another match out right. of it. And it's Brock like because he won on because he lost on a fluke, which makes sense. Yeah, because it was like some, oh, so that's why they didn't finish. Fluke shit. This yeah. was a fluke a finish. Fluke whatever else. And now Cody has to win for real. Um, yeah. And the match went longer than I thought it would have because given how the match started and like some of the you know suplexes that happened, I thought this was going to be like a something more invocative of some of the AEW squash that Cody took. Whereas like you know, more explosive and more shocking. This is more like, oh, I've seen Brock, you know, safe suplex people a million times now at this point. I'm, I'm, I'm over it. Um, yeah, the, I liked it for what it was. I, I liked it for what it was, but like, it, it was a very simple layout. Uh, yeah. It worked, it worked hard, and I think the finish was kind of like, it drug it down for me, and it was just like, it, it, it was less a finish than it was an angle to me. It was like, oh, like, Y'all weren't got y'all didn't want to give us the fucking epic match here. Yeah. And now they're doing like a they're fight Arabia, or something brother. in Saudi Arabia. So well, yes, I won't see how that turns out or anything. So I you know, from there, whatever. But um the the fucking hot crowd they had, I think, deserved more. Um and well, you they know just made a bad bunny. They could have made a bad bunny. Do, they should just made a bad bunny. They could have made a bad bunny for sure. And you know, when this went off air, like this is a big juxtaposition. If we would have done this show Monday night instead of Tuesday night, um, we would have, like, obviously we see where where the where the setup was. Mm-hmm. But at that time, it was like, all right, um, you know, he wrestled Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns back to back months. They do the fake job here, and then it's all about the presentation. Like I've talked about belts not being real, presentation is, and he's kind of their guy. He's kind of, you know, the the person they want to push or whatever. But, you know, they, they do the thing where they take him out of the they, they book this entire scam of a tournament with these triple threat matches in order to put Cody in it. So he's not pinned. So it's like they're doing all this like kind of weird shit to keep him like away from, you know, the, the fake belt now. Um, and now he's got to deal with Brock and shit. And it's like, OK, be careful. Because, James, there are people that are, we know the story of Cody, James. Yeah. People get tired of him. And yeah. they, they, they they try to wait it out. And, you know, I think you had, just much like the Roman Reigns match, you have a chance to make a statement with this guy and fucking do it and pull the trigger. And then you're just like. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna wait. We're gonna kick it down the road for another year. Kick it down the road. We're gonna protect it. A certain. We're gonna protect our guys that we've had in our promotion for the last ten years. The Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, Mm -hmm. who they've beat the entire promotion. So it because what happens is if you put Cody over either one of them, you tell the audience that Cody is on their level, and for whatever reason, at this point, they're adverse to that. So. There's no good reason for them not to be averse to it either. Right. So, like, it's like, all right, you know, he'll, he'll do his feud with Brock. Let's see where he is, you know, but after that, because, you know, eventually, like, and I, and overall, I think they, they, they've done a pretty good job with Cody, aside from like the losses that they've done, you know, the stupid WrestleMania ending and where you could have just, pulled the trigger and you could have mm-hmm. could you could have sent them to the moon there right yeah. and everyone would have bought it and all this shit like that but this is um 
what's this up, is yo, what's good, Sam? Appreciate you. Um, but yeah, man. Um, I don't know. Unsatisfactory main main event. Fine match, but it was like ultimately unsatisfying at the end of it for me. So I saw people's comments about it, so I was going into it, um, you know, it's, you know, with my guard up, and I watched it, and I thought like I'm just over Brock matches at this point. But mm-hmm. as far as the layout of you know this dude is a there's a gigantic weight difference you have to explain. This is Vince, this is WWE, this is a Vince McMahon, you know, Golden Boy, and this is a guy that was in AEW. I thought that the story made sense. Um, I and then ultimately when I know that like they did that finish to get to a rematch is it's like okay so this was at least the it, the finish the, the finish had a reason for it so I'm fine with that right like you know when I when we talk about starting when it comes to draws it's like I'm okay with whatever draw they do as long as their draw like leads to either a making the points matter for for the tournament or b leading to a rematch down the line the problem when they do is when they get dry happy is like some like sometimes half the that man matches don't lead to anything. Um, so yeah, I, I'm fine with that finish. Um, but much like you, I'm just like a year's a long fucking time or 11 months, a long fucking time. And all it takes is the smallest thing for him to fuck it up. Um, because it became a meme once again with how he was walking, like people started chopping that shit up, and it's yeah, like that, yeah. you don't want people making fun of him at any point. You don't want it. Is it like is all right? There, people were talking about him. I'll give you that, right? But like, ultimately, you do not want this. Like you do not want your top babyface being made a joke of in the long run. Like, I agree. It's uh, not good. And also, like one thing for me is like, all right, so the match in Saudi Arabia. You don't want Cody. You don't want the American Nightmare to to beat Brock Lesnar in America. Is oh, man, is man. the American is the American Nightmare beating Brock Lesnar uh, in Saudi Arabia? That leads me to ask questions. Um, like my question now that we're at now that we're at you know one one match with a with a finish that lead that sends you towards a uh, rematch. Now it makes you think. All right, wh- how are you gonna get to SummerSlam with this? Because what what what's, what's bigger for Cody to do at SummerSlam than face Brock for a third time? It would be to get a rematch with Roman Reigns, but we don't think they're doing that. Some people have talked themselves yeah, into Cody, Cody like being the money, money in the, the bank. bank. Yeah, but I'm like, isn't that like the like why would isn't that absolute cowardice? So like, he wins money in the bank, and then like the idea is instead of cashing it in on him, he basically says he does the <laughs> you know the one night the one night stand thing RVD. Like I I want a, I want a real title shot. And I guess, and if he had half a brain, it would be like, everyone, everybody Samoan is fucking barred from, from the stadium. <laughs> this is an NBA like, arena match. That's, that's what he's asked for. Like, God damn, that's kind of racist. <laughs> I've, I've, I've had enough of these this fucking family sitting in cousins, aunties, and uncles out here to stop the, the cheating these matches. Enough. They're, they're barred. That whole family is barred. Every, every, look. Everyone can enjoy SummerSlam. Y'all had to vacate the four field uh, before, before the main event. Get the fuck out of here. Everyone leaves. Cameraman, too. Just leave that shit set up one shot. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, all just aside, yeah, like, I I think SummerSlam is too soon for them. <clears throat> Amazing. I, that's just not their mo. It's like oh, it was. I mean, they did it yeah. one time with Roman in 2018 or whatever else. But like Roman or Cody, how that Roman. worked out for him? 
Right. They scammed. They scanned and ran off air, just like what we were talking about a second ago. Yeah. Like you don't you don't want to you don't want to book something where you have to scam your you know you have to scam your fans and run off air. Yeah. Um. Jesus. The ghost of Bruce Haven. Bruce Haven said he's a band. Uh, he, I don't think he necessarily needs a Take band. A I, think, I, I don't think he's showing up. Tamatonga band. Um, <laughs> but let's get to these questions. Uh, we got. Um, so usually when we um, push it back a day, we usually open up the mailbag. Yeah. Um, shout out to uh, my man, Everything Pro Wrestling. Uh, Conrad, he says, AW Fight for Dever prediction release date. <laughs> wait, wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Chase Owens band. No, <laughs> no, no. By Dakota. You know, Dakota have Samoan. That's hilarious. Oh, you man. know, that's the, that's the one people forget. They forget she's half Samoan. That's funny. <laughs> you know? Because phenotype. <laughs> what the, the entire conversation is, is banning the, the entire chat is banning every single member of the um NOI family. Yeah. Uh in the comments. It's pretty funny right now. Uh, the more obscure the better. Keep going, guys and ladies. Zion Zion Goodbye. That's great. <sighs> Any Pacific Islander, man, we just open it up. Head shrinkers gotta go. Oh, That's man. great. Um, as far as the pr- prediction release date, I'm gonna go June, June 29th. How about that? I, I think I saw something like that, but who knows? I'm gonna say like Black the week of like Black Friday. Okay. You want to know my second guess is? <clears throat> what? It never comes out. <laughs> Rich, Rich, my line when I said that, how many times you heard me talk about, uh, like, hey, man, the way this shit is going and the way we get to hear news about this video game is very similar to other video games that, like, either never come out or are disasters. So, like, I, this shit might just not come out because, you know, there, there's... It seems like there's. It seems like it's in developmental hell. It really does. It really does. Yeah. I haven't. I haven't uh, ever said it on air. But rich, rich will vouch for for y'all that like I have talked about that another place. Like, hey man, I don't. Uh, this shit ain't looking too good. Man, I I hope. Um, I I would like to. Um, you know, go to the mailbox and receive a check from time to time from this from this game. <laughs> so, um, you better tell them to get their shit together. It's been years now. Yeah, you know, hopefully that, you know, the paperwork ain't, ain't get rained on or, or destroyed or something, but Jesus. Um, so uh, at the Detroit Don, a.k.a. Black Sabre Jr., what's up? He says, as always, hope both of y'all are doing well. Who do you think wins the red belt first, Starlight Kid or Zumi? And early front runner for in-ring wrestler of the year. Who wins the red belt first? Yeah. I'm going to go with the Zumi. I have a hard time seeing like I don't obviously we don't know the uh the future, but that's this that seems like something that's what three years, four years out. Who um, knows? We get a sudden rash of retirements. <laughs> that that's true. That's true. Um And it's time to elevate. I, I look, I'm going to say Starlight Kid is the odds on I will put a I probably put two to one money on it to start like it. Like she's going to win both of those belts at some point. 
I am not exactly sure that uh, that Azumi ever will win a white or red belt. There have been great wrestlers and some of the best wrestlers in the promotion that have not won those belts. And there's, you know, while they have put her in like second from the top or third from the top on B and C pay-per-views, she has never, you know, she's still young, but she has yet to be like put into a top storyline that continues on. And I don't know if that's not what she wants to do or whatever else. So I have, I have my concerns. Uh, and also you just know the situation of like Starlight Kid is at times the most popular person in the promotion. Azumi is not like that. So like, I just, obviously they both have the requisite talent to carry it, but I know one person is going to get, end up there. I'm not sure if the other one ever will. Even if that one, even if the other one I personally think is the better in-ring performer. It is what it is. So, so here's my logic why I picked Azumi. So it makes the, more sense the ideas of the belts. Well, I, I wasn't going to go with that, but okay. the whole thing with them two is it seems like Starlight Kid is broken in front of her, right? And at some point, maybe you want to close that gap and you give Starlight Kid something to go after and kind of, you know, you, you elevate Azumi and, you know, they've kept her in high speed level for quite a while. And, you know, you would think Starlight Kid is set to jump to the white belt level at least uh, this year. But um, maybe I'm just thinking maybe it's, it's just a race and they, they just flip it on his head. And that's why Azumi gets it. They could do that. But, they could do that. Um, I just. The ability will not be the question of why Azumi will or will not win the, the red belt. It will be other stuff that has nothing to do with like the in-ring talent. Um, so I just, you know, like, so for example, I saw the other day, I, I, I think it was him to ask Meltzer, like, who does he think is, you know, who do you think will be on, be, you know, I forgot what the question was, but it was like, ask Meltzer about Azumi and Starlight Kid and Meltzer said Azumi. And I'm just like, Meltzer, I don't think Meltzer understands what's happening on the ground over there. Mm-hmm. Like, if it's just ability, like, if it was just like, hey, bring both of them to AEW and have them wrestle a match with equal talents and see who gets over more, Azumi will get over faster. But it's not like that. Um, you know, because, like, Sonic Kid's better at storytelling. And she's more, like, and, she's, and she has a better presence of, like, entrance, look, and in in telling stories in, in the ring that are, like, that are, you know, emotionally grab you that like she's better at that stuff she cannot work as me but it but that sometimes that matters sometimes that doesn't uh mj does pr says is bte back um i'm it's tempted to say brother. yes <laughs> i'm tempted to say yes uh, at least like the last six weeks or so uh it's kind of been you know renewed focus on people everyone to see, wants to see uh no offense to ryan nemeth but um you know you're getting you're getting vintage like bucks on there. You're getting vintage Kenny episodes, like insane humor. Uh, our, our homeboy MP was texting me about like all the BT shit this week. And that's how I know it's like, it's going off right now. So um, I'm going to say yes for, for the moment. So, you know, um, and you know, they're letting new people in um, on the gags. So uh, and we're seeing like Isaiah Cassidy now is like, going with the, with the moaning um and that i believe originated in bte so um yeah i i learned about that shit like this week it's fucking hilarious like i saw a clip of 
whatever broken, whatever they call it, the broken thing or the or ultimate deletion thing that they Firm did this deletion. Week. Yep. And like all of a sudden, I just, uh, I'm like, what? And then he he does this, uh, he does a, the swanton off the top of the roof of the of the ring uh, garage that uh, Matt Hardy has, and he gets up, and then he does basically like the Shawn Michaels humping the Canadian flag deal, and he gets up, and then and then Matt Hardy says, "Brother Zay, I knew you come," and he goes, "I always do, my man." I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> I always do, my what brother. Fuck, what the fuck is this? Is this man just horny? What's happening here? And then, you you, know. and then you, and then you're like, I was like, hey, what, what is happening? And then you tell me like he's been doing this thing where like his nickname is like orgasmic Isaiah Cassidy, <laughs> <laughs> and he like moans and he moans or whatever. And then you showed me the clip of when he moaned to Kenny on making ear that I apparently missed. I was like, yo, I don't know what the fuck this is. This is random as hell. This is this is random. But yeah, I I don't know if it's over. It sh- I imagine it's so funny. That Bro, it there's a over. video. There's a video right now. I believe when they were in Chicago, it was the th- the show after Full Gear. I believe where he does the moan and the crowd does the moan with him. Like there's a video of it that is this. If one of y'all can find it, drop it in the comments. Um, uh, but uh, ten ten G ten G Jin Hart says, does MJF headline Forbidden Door? Who is his dream New Japan opponent? I rarely see anyone throw up fantasy booking for him, and the show is soon. I'm going with Naito. Um, I it think would, this I is a conversation that that has been a kind of a, kind of a long time coming about people with MJF. Um, you know, it, people don't fantasy book him in. You know, people don't clamor for main events and picking people out like, you know, yeah, all in. Look, look, what all in is like. How many times do you hear? Oh, I can't wait to. Who is MJF going to main event against? No, every main event has has the words Kenny Omega in it versus whatever opponent you know you, you want to pull out. Whether people want to see him against Will Punk Danielson, it's all that. Like, mm-hmm. and then MJF is like, people are like, whatever, you know. Um, double or nothing coming up. Pillar is going to main event this thing. However, the elite BCC thing is way, way hotter than this. And they're doing Kenny and Moxley up against game five of the NBA finals, right? Mm-hmm. And this is a prestige spot to like sort of like defend the, the ratings against like one of the biggest NBA games of the year. They did not turn to MJF to do this. They turned right. to the to the real top stars. Right. Um, and also, like responding accordingly because it also was not just on Wednesday; it was also on Monday. Like Raw loaded up that show with like the tri- two triple threats in the you know win- Raw winner side of the of the tournament bracket. So yeah, like these wrestling promotions like acted accordingly. Like, hey, there are things on this, like on the. Uh, like on the day they can wipe us out, we have to load these shows up, which is smart for both of them. Um, yeah, look, the thing look. With MJF, I, like I, I think people, I think people acknowledge that he's a great wrestler. I think people also know there are tr- that like the road to get to the match that you want is always like such a fucking task to sit through, regardless of how, the quality of it. Is like 
everything has to be built up for forever until you finally get the really big match for him. Otherwise, you get these, you know, smaller defenses or whatever else, or you get nothing squashes. Like, this is what it is. Like, he is treating himself like he is the Roman Reigns of AEW. The problem is, he ain't the one guy, like, as far as, like, of late anyway, especially of late, like, you see some of these returns in these quarter hours after he was talking that big-ass shit when he came back. Or actually, or actually, uh, L.A. when he did that, the film the first time. It, it's just, um, I think people kind of see the patterns. They're kind of like, all right, so you're gonna make, you're gonna do another thing where you got to, somebody has to wrestle a bunch of goons to get to you. Okay, I, I, I just think people are kind of, you know, they notice the patterns, and like, you know, I think it also hurts him that you know he's had some of these on and off. He's like on and off every single week with his promos or whatever, and he's kind of like coming to different angles to try to, you know, focus to try to figure out like what is the thing that people are actually going to care about to make people want to what's the hook for the match emotionally um i think a lot of people were turned off by the takesha stuff that's also another reason why like, i don't give a fuck about whatever he's doing at forbidden door because it's like oh i i gee i wonder what he's going to say oh that again <laughs> cool i so, would team yeah, him up, I, I would it, team him up with evil and have him do comedy and say like the only person he likes in new japan is evil and the house of torture like that's i think the best thing you can do with him other than that it's like you want to have him go out there with Tanahashi? Do we have to do that to, to the Naito thing Tanahashi? is funny. The Naito suggestion is funny because like he's MJF's cut promo saying that these end of these New Japan guys are fucking morons. They drive each other on their heads, and Tetsuya Naito is notorious for getting falling on his, his head. neck. So it'd be hilarious, especially with Ibushi, for if that would be the matchup. Like obviously That'd Naito can have a great match without doing that stuff, but that's not what he desires. He aspires yeah. for dropping himself on his head and neck. Yeah, you, you desire for that, boy. Like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I would, I would team him up with Evil, and then I would have Sonata team with Adam Cole, like, and then do a tag match. Um, that would not be the main event, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, and you know, they're saying the Pillars main event or whatever else. Are already saying it's the main event? Is already already announced it as yeah. the main event? That's what they're saying. Yeah, I want to announce that. I would have been like, is 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 a marquee match, or whatever else. But like, when it comes down to it, it's like, what's a hotter match? I, I think they need to they need to break up, break it up in like three or whatever, like three matches. Like they need to a segment off like Kenny with one of them, Hangman with with one of them, um, or you know, I don't know how they do it. Like they need to make like two matches out of it. I think at all that. You don't yeah. think it's gonna be? It's basically gonna be an anarchy in the arena. You don't think it's gonna be one of those? They could, but I, not, like, I assume I, that's what it was gonna be. That's why. Yeah. I, that's why it's like, all right. That's why you have to fashion together. You know, you get one result, and then you get the opposite result at blood and guts. Yeah, like add Takeshita in there, like you know, figure figure something out. Like you know, a lot, a lot of a lot of good good possibilities uh, there. Um, at, at I, return, mean, like, I did I did hear great things about the tag match. Um, that they, that you know MJF and the Pillars had so yeah you know. yeah it, it was a good match, um, but the uh, next question returns POV says what's worse winning by schoolboy or losing to a finisher? Depends on the context, right? Yeah, um, this is this is nasty either way. I I, w- I think I would rather lose clean. Uh, what it, do you think and, you're talking about as far as schoolboy? Who got pinned on schoolboy recently? I don't know, uh, you know. Is this supposed to be uh, maybe? Is this like Brock and Cody? Maybe or that wasn't a schoolboy, but it was a flukish win. 
Yeah, win by school board, lose to a finisher. Yeah, you know, normally when you think of school in WWE, and I think of like uh, a schoolboy, someone went in is like someone got hit with something and then rolled up in a schoolboy, or someone was distracted by someone that was you know coming down to the ring and they got schoolboy for a fluke win. Um, I, it comes out of the context. Like if you're talking about the lazy tropey stuff, then yeah, is you ra- I'd rather be you know pinned than uh, schoolboyed. Right. Right. Um, so let's see. <sighs> Everything pro wrestling once again. He said, all right, uh, what moves are you making with the new world heavyweight championship? Who are your first three champions? Seth. Hmm. Yeah, I make Seth his first champion. Um, who else is on raw? Uh, is brother. It- no idea. It's, uh, Balor's over there, right? Yeah. Balor. Um, so is Gunther. Gunther, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I would probably have Seth, Gunther. Um, and then Cody. Yikes. <laughs> He's got to win that shit. What does he got to do, James? He got to put that shit on. Oh, great. Who are your three? Man, I think I'm... Ugh, yikes. Um, I got. I think you got to go with Seth Rollins so they can a- attempt to try to put a world title on him again and try it. It hasn't worked the other two times they've tried it, uh, but maybe the third time is the charm. Um, I think you go with Gunther after that because... Why not? Like, mm-hmm. this guy is fucking awesome, but you never know with Vince being back how they're going to use him or anything like that. And then I would probably go with Sami Zayn. You know what? At this stage of the game with, with Sami, I think he could have a great match with Walter because, like, he ain't got to do no get his ass whooped and then, like, and then have a comeback. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think those two would work great together. I, I never really thought of them having a match at this stage of the game. But, yeah, I think that will work for that reason. Like, the only thing Cody or the only thing that Semi has left right now is selling his ass off. So, yeah. I, that, that, yeah. Yeah. I actually like yours better than mine, yeah. So, um, Craig from PW Musings, he says, uh, how would you book the main events of Forbidden Door all in and all out? I kind of let a fantasy booking question through here. Yeah, so, um, all in. Um, I'll start with Forbidden Door. I'll say just do Okada and Osprey, or excuse me, uh, Omega and Osprey, um, one on one for US belt. We already know what they did last time. No sense in putting anybody on after them and put your world champion. Like, no one's clamoring for Sonata to go on last. No one's clamoring for MJF to go on last. Right. So, just. Just do do the easy match. Yeah. Um Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I was with, I'm with far you on as, that one. As far as all in. I would I think I would go Omega and Danielson. That's that's me personally, but can they get away without having the champion in the main event? Well, maybe they've they've switched that 
belt by then. <laughs> wait, wait. Um, so, you, so you think they've gotten the, they putting the belt on Danielson or Omega with, without like without? And it happened on TV. I mean, the title has I changed mean, on TV before, but yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Um, MJF seems like a person that'd be like, "I'm only losing the belt on pay per view." He seems like one of those. Yeah, they've got a. There's, a, you know, people losing to people. I think is a. Um, no, no, I don't think he has a problem losing, but like, I, I want to lose on pay per view, so it means more as far as I, instead of me losing on TV or whatever else. I, I, I seriously, because mm-hmm. I, I think he's one of those people. I don't know. Losing's not the actual problem. It's when he loses or whatever else. I like Daniels and Omega at um at all in. Um otherwise I can't come up with a match for MJF there. Like unless it's CM Punk. And <sighs> that would be Can disgusting. you imagine if he came back and he main evented the Wembley show? Oh my god. The amount, of, the amount of motherfuckers that cried and didn't want to come back to the company will be sick about that. Oh my god! You know, that would be. I actually, want it actually, now. I got, I, I got I another one. I personally want it now. Yeah, put Punk in the main event. Actually, I got another one. You, you could have Hangman and MJF. They've held off on doing this shit forever and ever and ever. So, I'd take that too. Um. Then, and you know. These are pretty much their two, their their premier good guy and their premier bad guy that they've developed. Um, I I think that would actually be MJF's best shot in in a world that um, you know, that a no CM Punk environment. That would probably be the um, MJF match. And as far as all out, um, man, um. Maybe Adam Cole finds finds a way to sneak into one of these matches. He's kind of it seems like he's being set up for a big summer. Could be, yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm, you know, you could do a Sting retirement at one of these things in a main event. You know, so maybe at All Out, you could do Sting final bye bye. Uh. I am now that we're talking now, now that we're talking about this, like there's three big shows, there's two pay reviews and the big gigantic Wembley Stadium show. Can Punk make or not Punk, can MJF make it through the belt with all through all three of these shows? He has to come off it. There's no way. He has to come off it. If he goes through with all three, like I think there will be a lot of angry people. Like like nominate three baby faces like like I would be like Hangman Page, Adam Cole, Kenny Omega. Those are the three baby faces I would see, right? And mm-hmm. if he beats all three of them, right? Or Eddie Kingston, whenever he's back, I think he has hernia. He's out with a hernia surgery, right? Oh, shit, he's gonna be gone for a minute then. Yeah. Um. So he's out at least six weeks now. So, um, I I think those are the only four people for him. Um, and if he beats them all, well, yikes! Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. 
I'm. I just um. Y'all see why we don't do fantasy booking that often? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's too I, tough because there's too many moving factors. One, so. I haven't even thought about MJF in, in any of these things and what he's going to be doing, and then like, because then, then it comes into like you have to think about all the fucking TV that goes into it and all that other stuff too. Um, it also be going to lead to like, is he going to show hard in the match? No, he's going to pull out the fucking ring. So who cares? Um, <laughs> so yeah, man. Um. I don't know. Uh, or an oxygen tank. But yeah, so all in. I wouldn't make. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't man invent MJF in all in. I, it personally, if it were me, I know they're doing the match. You know, right now in the cage, whatever else. I I put Moxley in. I put Moxley in. You know, Megan in the main event. I do that. Like it's it's the best feud they've ever had. Minus a fucking stupid dud, it's the best. It's the best feud they've ever had in promotion. I'd put them in there again and continue on with the BCC versus Elite stuff and, and have that as a blow off. I know you mentioned Danielson. I, I put Moxley and Omega in there. It'd be mm. like, hey, y'all have you know, y'all have at times literally carried this promotion, um, in different aspects. This is your, you y'all deserve this if you will, and go out there. That's and, a like, good idea. Know, yeah, have that be like your last match, like bill it as like the last match between those two ever, some mm-hmm. shit like that. Mm. But that's yeah, a good idea. But um, you know, you know, they can always, like you mentioned, they can always do Danielson and, and Omega. They can always do that. I ain't not look because their last match was one of my favorite matches in the promotion's history. They do it again. I ain't turning it down. Yeah, yeah, and. and- they, I, yeah. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of possibilities. Like for these main events, it's just amazing that we don't think of MJF for many of them. I mean, look. After all fair, this time, I look, and I ain't knocking, I ain't knocking it because, like, because uh, obviously, I think that he's good enough to make it, make him, you know, let's make match, it clear. Like, great sorry. wrestler. I feel like we have to pre- preface this. Great wrestler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, oh, and like you, and you awesome wrestler. Yeah, and you mentioned Adam Page, right? And like I think Adam Page, once the bell rings, it will, it will live up to whatever. I don't think I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't put him in the main event of All In either. Um, mm-hmm. it's just it's just a weird it's just a weird feeling where it's like it feels like there actually is established hierarchy of like who are the actual you know old money top stars in AEW that's been established over the years, and like MGF is like on the MGF in page are both like they've been they're both been head with the champions or whatever else but it when i just don't feel like the, re- the crowd reacts to them in that way to where it's like other than like they're over in their style i don't feel like outside of like the buying of tickets and that kind of stuff in the case of like yeah it's them like in the way that you'd be like yeah it's it's omega it's moxie like no like i feel like there's their level just below that and i don't know if there's ever if that's just a me thing or whatever else but like i just they're they're main eventers. They're not top guys in the promotion. I feel like it's Omega and, and Moxley and you know when Punk was around Punk. Obviously, the plan is, obviously the idea is to change. That's why they're doing the pillow thing. But like I feel like the pillow thing has yeah. dragged down MJF. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I think you know this is. I think the pillars thing is a tip off that the rest of the year I think is going to get a lot older in the main events, and you kind of gotta try to punch some of these guys up a little bit here and 
I think once you know they're out of it, like I, I kind of have an idea where Darby's going uh, on the fallout of this. Um, Jack Perry, I, I think you you got to shoot him into, you know, something similar to what Orange Cassidy has going on, or um, you know, something with secondary belts or something like that, and really just kind of have him find his stripes essentially. Um, Sammy. Sammy's, you know, Sammy's Sammy at this point. Like, I don't know if he has, I don't know if he's already hit his ceiling. Um, but I know when the bell rings, that guy's like fucking phenomenal. So, <laughs> um, and then MJF is like, I don't know what he can do to change the perception around him if he's aware of the perception around him. I know he's very plugged into what people say online about him and stuff like that. That's, you know, he, it shows in his promos. And, um, I think the guy he he does he, good it's work. Like he wants he wants to be like Ric Flair, but like you know, what Ric Flair did <laughs> wrestle all the goddamn time. There you go. There you go. And um, <laughs> and, and, and it's like the it's like the, he's trying to manufacture himself as a special attraction rather than actually getting to a point. Yeah, rather than getting to a point in his career where it's like, yeah, the best place to use you is sparingly. Is that the best place to use MJF? Because, you know, his stick stick is like, you know, he can be overexposed on the mic because we know he, he goes a while every time he talks. But it's like, man, if we like cut like half the talking and added the wrestling there, I think people would enjoy him a lot more. Do you think he's on TV too much? Um, as far as talking, yes, for sure. Well, I mean, like, well, well, obviously the talking is like because he's on, he's the only he really ever wrestles. But I mean, like, it feels like it feels like this year he's been on TV like every single week, and it's like, hey, can you just be on TV three times a week? Can you be on <laughs> TV like three times in five weeks? Mm-hmm. That sort of thing. Like, I mean, because like. Everything is they do the whole you know he's contractually obligated to to be mm-hmm. here or whatever else and like whatever like and then I'm not really hanging up on that but the thing is like you know he does the the stuff where it's like he literally called it he literally called it a a, a fucking uh, reign of terror and it's like all right like if you want to go that far to say like you're giving you're not giving people what they want then like actually do it and like give yourself some time off as opposed to like being out here every single week yeah yeah do it for real do it as a shoot i mean i think it saves some of the material like like if like if he has to be out here every week and he's out here being good every other week if you cut down on that maybe he's good at like three times in five weeks as opposed to like there's one promo a month where he's like what the fuck is this right and then the other, the rest of you like, yo, how's the same person coming up with this stuff that's great? And then the other half is like half baked and bad. It's weird. I think yeah. it's because they're asking him to do too much. Possibly, possibly. Um, yeah, but that was the end of the questions. Okay. Um, what else was on the show sheet? That was it. That's that all I it. had written down. <laughs> this is the most anticlimactic we've ever ended the show. <laughs> Uh, you know, take y'all ass on. <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah, that's in the show, y'all. Thanks for listening. Um, if you are watching from the stream, you see the links to uh, our PayPal, and actually, you do not. They're not up here, but uh, they're not. <laughs> they're not <laughs> so, y'all, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, if well, 
find the podcast, go to our show notes, go to our uh, Red Circle link, and you can donate there. Oh, my bad. Uh, play the music, Rich Stardom. I forgot about that. Totally forgot. All right. Um, hold on. Got to find the music. Got to find the music first. <laughs> Got to um, You know. You know, make sure you get your merch. Get your merch. But um, yeah, I guess I will hit the music. Stardom. Okay, so uh, they had a Golden Week pay-per-view uh, in Fukuoka. Um, had one last year in Fukuoka as well. Um, this year, um, they end up starting with a pre-show rumble. It is uh, rookies in there. It's this the you know uh, Ida and Lady C and Yuna Mizumori, and they do the you know the starter machine gimmick. Um, Waka's in there as well. Uh, Suzu's in it as well. Uh, the final two come down to my Sakurai and Suzu. Um, and Susan's are throwing out, uh, my Susan then points, uh, basically acknowledges saying, Hey, I'm going to see me more in stardom. Um, you know, uh, Meltzer reported in the observer this week that, or last week that, um, she is unofficially signed to stardom, but obviously because of, you know, uh, how traditions are over there, they don't really like to, uh, talk about someone leaving a promotion and then immediately signing on somewhere else. So she's doing the, She's, you know, she's around doing other stuff a little bit, and then eventually she'll sign that sort of thing. That's what Moser kind of said. So, um, she's winning this uh, pre-show battle royal, and then you get to the main card. You get into getting Mayu in in Hannon versus Club Venus of uh, Jesse and Mariah, and I was surprised by this finish. Um, at the end, Mayu ends up pinning um, Jesse. I thought. I thought Hannon was just there to eat the pin and didn't work out that way. I was kind of surprised. Uh, but uh, match, was, match was good. Uh, I'd probably give it like three and a quarter. Um, so then you end up getting Oedo Tai, Momo, and Natsukotoa versus Konami and Shuri. And like since Konami has um, came back to the, you know, doing shots here and there or whatever else, she, she I, I can't remember her ever getting pinned. I can't remember ever getting pinned. Maybe she has and on a show that I just didn't see or whatever, but I don't recall her ever getting pinned. Um, so I was shocked when Konami ended up taking the pin in this one. I was just like, oh, okay, it just got to mean something because Konami doesn't really, you know, you know, I don't think she's showing up to do jobs, put everybody over exactly. But <laughs> it's like, so, the, but yeah, she ended up getting pinned and um, leave a, leave a, just remember that. We'll get back to it later in the show. So, um, then you end up getting uh, Cosmic Angels. I'm sorry, I did the reverse. The second match was actually a Cosmic Angels versus uh, Oedo Tai, uh, Starlight Kid and Ruaka versus Sari, Sari and, and Tam. Uh, Tam ended up dropping uh, Ruaka with <laughs> with the, with the uh, what was it? The uh, I think it was the Vada Screwdriver. I was surprised. I, I didn't know she would get her up, but got her up and dropped her. Um, but that match is okay. Uh, but fast forward from the match I missed, uh, you didn't end up getting to the, uh, the heavy, the heavy lift, the, the things that the heavy lifting on the show. Um, you end up getting Donald Omondo, Micah and, and Julia versus Aphrodite, Kamatani and, and Utami. 
And this match is very good. They gave them time to go out there and have like a, a big tag a big tag match. Um and I, I felt like this is like the first tag match that uh Micah and Julia had together as a team where they were able to like have a big match. Like normally is you know, it's it was, you know, Julia with Shuri or it was Micah with Hameka. They they and they've had matches before, but it was never like go out there for like, I don't know, fifteen minutes. And and go you know go th- throw out the kitchen sink. And I, I thought this match was really fun. I ended up giving this match four flat stars. Um, the the thing in this match is at the end, Utami just will not go down uh, to Micah. Just will not go down. And then eventually, Micah says, "You know what? Bow!" Hits her with the shoot punch. <laughs> And then drops with the Michinoku driver. Yes, yeah, just just bow to the face. Uh, and then hit it with the Michinoku driver. And um, after the sh- after the match, and gets the win. And after the match, uh, at the the post match press conference, Micah says, "You know what? I was with Hameka for a long time, and um, like I, you know, and, and Hameka's really, you know, Hameka's basically like I." Now that Hameka's gone, my heart's turned cold. That's basically what she has said. And, like, uh, she was basically saying, like, you know, um, you got, you got, you know, Tam, and you got um, Mina, and they're having a double title match, and who the, and, like, who the hell are them to, ha- who the hell are they to have a double title match instead of defending against actual challengers? Why are they, basically, why are they ducking me? And, uh, and then, like, her and Julia basically like, hey, no more Mrs. Nice girl, girls, like, so it seems like they're starting to lean into the heel stuff now. Um, so we'll see what uh, what that means for them going forward. But it was fun. And then um, also uh, after this match, um, you start to see like now that now that Kamatani is uh in, is no longer the singles champion, not longer white belt champion. Like there's been some malfunctions at the junctions between Kamatani and Utami, and like. Um, they had a, they had a disagreement where uh, Kamatani was like, "Hey, you know, you 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 got a, you gotten pinned. Like this is kind of rare for you." And like Utami did not like that. She had she grabbed her ice bag and threw it right in, in directly into Kamatani's face. Kamatani kind of took the verbal abuse. Um, so like there is something going on between those two. I, I, it could be a blip. It could be more. We'll see. You know how it is with them subtle drip drip drip. So we'll see where it, where it ends up in the next few months. Um, so moving on from there, you get the high speed, uh, match, Azumi versus, uh, May Sierra. Great match. They do their thing. To be honest, this is not exactly Starlight Kid versus Azumi. Um, I thought it was a little sloppy at points. Um, May hasn't been a, hasn't been back for long, but this match is still great nonetheless. Um, and after, you know, teasing it and teasing it, um, Azumi was going to get the uh, numero uno. She finally gets it, and she reaches she reaches back with it, and May has to tap out. Great match. I think I gave it four. Um, but yeah, um, great together. Want to see them wrestle more? Like that's the thing with the high speed people. Like when they have when it seems like they have good connection, like you just want to see them wrestle all the time. Um, so then you end up getting the summer main event, the tag titles. Um, you end up getting new eras. Um, Mariah and Ami versus FWC, Hazuki and Kaguma. And, um, they had a very, very good match. And like, 
at the end, you have Mariah in there with uh, Kaguma, and Kaguma is just staving off elimination. <laughs> staving off. She's just surviving and surviving and surviving. And Zuki keeps making plays and saves for her. And eventually, uh, all four men up in the ring. And Mariah hits a big move. And Ami hits her, like, her, uh, her, what does, um, her Gonzo bomb uh, on Hazuki. And Hazuki is, is off the table. And then Mariah um, ends up finishing off uh, Kaguma and gets the win. Kaguma, as uh, the ref comes in with the belts, she snatches the belts, um, and like there's confrontation and everything, and eventually, and then like she basically just gets on a knee and hands them both their belts. And I and my thought was like, wow, it's like so so Kaguma and Hazuki, you know, for my money, the best tag run I've ever seen in Stardom, had to come back as challengers to put over this group all the way and they hand them the belts because Anaya and you wouldn't or couldn't or didn't. That's a better word is didn't. And I was like, that sucks. Amazing. That sucks. That sucks. Right? Like they had to win by, via count out and all that shit and whatever else. Uh, also, also during this match, they teased, they teased the count out spot as if like they, uh, they ended up both picking up and grabbing Hazuki and Kaguma and brought them out away from, the ring and then the countdown was coming and they ran into the ring and they tried to do, get off with the uh with the with the with the drop kicks on the apron thing like they did when they won. Uh mm-hmm. they thwarted them but like they at least called attention to like that's how they won the last time. So right. as I mentioned with uh Momo and Nasako, they come out and they say, Hey, like you just like this is your thing, like you're trying to win via count, that's bullshit. Um the crowd doesn't actually like y'all. Y'all are boring. We want the title shot and we're gonna beat y'all. So Next uh, tag team title match would be New Era's versus, I don't have a name, but Momo and, uh, and um, Natsuko. And then the main event. White belt match. Mina Shirakawa versus Natsupoi. Uh Mina comes out. I'm sorry, Natsupoi comes out. She has on the uh, the Kyrie gear from um, that she pulls out every so often. And um, Mina comes out. And this match is basically like different versions of the matches they've had between each other in the Grand Prix and Cinderella over the last two years, except they finally been given the time to go out there and go, what, 20 minutes, something like that. I'll see how long they went. They went 20 minutes and 20 and 30 seconds, basically. And with the added, uh, wrinkle that, sh- that Mina's added with the, uh, the legwork and the Mutoism, if you will, um, her matches, her matches, like just have just a, a a common thread to them, and they work. They always work the same thing seemingly, but it always works. And Natsupoi is incredible at selling the leg. Um, great, great face. Obviously, we all knew great facial actress and all that kind of stuff. But the screams of of like of pain are just, are just amazing. And um, she ends up slapping on at one point, um, slapping on that figure four, and she bridges up and is like, it's like Jericho's like. Oh, this she's gonna tap. She's gonna tap. She's gonna tap. In or even Hiromu uh, at um, Sakura Genesis a few weeks ago was like, "This is amazing selling of this a submission, and you're 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 biting into this being a a, a uh, near fall." She's making the ropes. Um, it it was just really good. And like also, there's a part where like you know, Mina, you know, she has to feed and the kicks and all that kind of stuff of late. So she ends up going to barrage. She just just damages Natsupoi. Nazapoy comes up off that mat and does and goes murder Abushi on her, and she look. Nazapoy weigh all of us soaking wet, what ninety five pounds maybe, 
95 pounds. She has the best leg slaps in the business. She, bro, bro, it sounded like, it sounded like Nassipoy hit Mina with a gun twice. Uh, in, in that sequence when she came back and, and rocked her twice. Shocking. Like, you have to, you have, you have to, you, when you watch this match and you hear, you be like, God damn. Like, it sounds like, it sounds like Goshi Ozaki chopping somebody. That's what God it sounded damn. like. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, ultimately at the end, after all the leg work, Mina gets her up with the, uh, with the figure four driver and drops her and gets the pin. Um, uh, and at the, at the end, um, they, they say, they talk to each other and, uh, it was a lot, this match was, you know, reverse challenge. Like Mina wanted Nassipoy, um, given, you know, what happened with, um, the, the, her departure from Cosmic Angels and, uh, into just Club Venus by itself. And, you know, the kind of not really focused on tension between them as far as like, I always wanted to win the tag titles with Tam. You come to Cosmic Angels. You took my spot next to Tam. I'm going to focus on the white belt. I win the white belt. Now I want to, now I want to, you know, show the world that like, I'm better than you. Um, and she beat her and, uh, Nassipoy by the end of this match, like the crowd is just like, the crowd really wanted her to win. It seemed it it was 50, 50 by the time it it end of it, it was like, people want her to eventually win the belt. Um, and Nassipoy, uh, cries out like, I, I'm going to win this fucking belt basically. Um, so Tam, and Ano go to take Nassipoy out. And then um, Mina says, Tam, I want a double title match. Um, so that's scheduled for Flashing Champions, which is basically their night of champions. All the titles be defended. Uh, that's at the end of this month. I think it's the 25th or 27th, something like that. Um, so, yeah, the main event is going to be Tam versus Mina, um, which obviously has, like, draw written all over it. 30-minute draw. Um. Double knockout. I don't think they'll do double count out. Double knockout's possibility, but it's gonna be a draw. Um both just got the belts. Um I mean, there's reason to do this match, obviously. Like the you know, one of the number two in a faction just left start her own faction. Gotta you know, there's obviously juice to that. Um one one is a cycle of the other, you know. So yeah, it makes all the sense in the world to do it. Um I would have liked it to be a little bit later in the game or whatever else, but if there's, you know, maybe there is an IWGP Women's Title match on this card, and that means that I, there can't be that many singles matches on here. Let's just do this here or whatever else, um, and then we'll, you know, go from there. But yeah, um, I'm, I'm excited for the match. Like, I finally get to have a Tamina match. It won't be, it won't have fucking goofy shit in it. So we hope not. If she comes out I'm doing that bloody angel shit, crazy. I'm, if she comes out here doing her bloody angel Muto shit or Muda shit, I'm going to be furious. Furious. I will turn on the match. Just like I turned on that match. <laughs> I hated that match. You know that match has like, you know, people had that match in like a um, like three and three quarters. No, no. Go look at Cage Match. That shit's like at That's a seven disgusting. at a high seven or some shit like that. No. That fuck shit that was match. not three stars. Fuck that match. Fuck that yeah. match. That shit was like two two point seven five, something like that. Two and a half. Fuck something. that match. Zero. I'm the, I know. I'm the, I know. That's not actually what it is. Fuck that match. I never want to see it again. Oh. Uh, so there was other news in Joshi. Uh, Yuka Sakazaki uh, is making her way out of uh, TJPW. Yes. She's graduating. Yes. That's what that, always called, look, to be fair, they've always called it that. 
Whenever someone has left, they've always called it a graduation. So it not, it's not like some new verbiage. Yeah. Um, so some are speculating that Yuga Sakazaki smells the major bag alert uh, in AEW <laughs> coming. Is deciding to go get that paper. Um, she's going to be working, I believe, through December, and then she'll be done with the promotion. Um, yeah. It seems I think, like there's uh, December 10th or 11th. Yeah. Like, it seems like there's a changing of the guard and the hierarchy in TJPW for once. And the way the uh, the people in charge of TJPW are talking is like they want to continue to turning, you know, continue having turnover of this nature like that. So like the the ace position kind of looks, looks like it's clearing up for Miyu Watanabe. Uh, we'll see if that if that happens. But um, Yuka's like say, yeah, I'm out of here. Yeah, um, I. I saw the comments from, from Coda, from Tetsuya Coda, and like I thought that it was interesting because it's like, if you want to churn and have new people on top, then like you need the, the old established guard to put over the new, the, the, you know, the new people. And for the most part, that hasn't really happened in Tokyo Joshi Pro. So it's like, if you want churn, create it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, back to, um, Yuka and you know this also could be a conversation that we have uh, in the future with people like Maki Ito and and um uh me Yamashita uh they ain't got that bug they come over here they get booked everywhere all around these loops they come to AEW they're over I don't know what the money situation is at Tokyo Yoshi Pro but you remember 2020 when like all of a sudden like Nasupoi Mina and Unagi all left to go to stardom um, yep. you know, like, remember, like, that was a part of the, the Mina, uh, of her, of the Mina lore, uh, um, leading up to the match with Nespo was like, I showed up the same, at the same show you did at Yokohama Unicon show on 10-3-21, and, like, you got the A billing, I got the B billing. Um, and when I, we were both in Tokyo Georgia Pro, you were a bigger star to me, and now I have, you know, I have the white belt, you don't. Like it was all, and then like the Tam stuff was like, I'm always coming in second place for to Naspoi. Like I want to get first place over this one for fucking once, and she beat her. Um, but yeah, uh, getting back to to the Yuka stuff and everybody else is like, I, I I'm sure they came over here, and they're like, hey, this ain't as hard as what we have to do over there, and. Who knows what the pay situation is? Who knows what the schedule situation is? But Miyu, or especially Yuka in 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 Ito, they're over wherever they go over here. Um. So and I'm and I'm pretty sure Miyu wherever she went. Uh, aside, she only had the one match in AEW, but like everywhere else she everywhere else she went, like she got over. So um, I think there is. Um, a place for for them to come over here and do their thing and, and whatever else. Um, I don't know if they. I don't know if they're moving over here full time or anything like like how Rio moved over here um, mm-hmm. or e- even Emmy. But um, they can definitely. As far as like the you know lighter schedule, less travel, not less travel, like lighter schedule, less dates, and comparable pay. I think them doing America might actually be a feasible thing for them as opposed to, you know, being in, being in Tokyo Pro and like what Yuka's already had three reigns. I think Muse had three reigns. How many more reigns are going to be POP champions? 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, there is, you know, so they were on top for a long time. So, yeah. Um, if they want to move on, fine. And, like, I think there's, you know, I think, you know, Yuka's already over. I think I think the real thing I'm and so is me. I'm thinking as far as AEW, like trying to get, you know, a, and if it happens, like if all three of them come over, like trying to figure out like how they do the you thing or not the you thing, the uh, the the me you thing. Like maybe make them a faction, maybe make make you know do the one thousand or one million to one tag team thing a thing over here. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you know, as far as the talent, they're talented enough to be over here and do that. Like they've shown that over and over by now. So. Yeah, um, glad I'll be able to see them more. What I having to, you know, log into a <laughs> log into a site to see it, like see them live. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I wonder about Mizuki. I wonder, you know, she's just a champion. I don't know if I don't know if she wants to go wherever they go or whatever else. But you know, we'll see. Um, but yeah, as far as like them clearing out and making room for the next wave, like Miyu comes to mind. Susan May comes to mind. Um, Yuki Arai, if she gets better, comes to mind because obviously I love her because you know she's a you know she's actually a popular idol that's doing this. She's their celebrity wrestler, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, it definitely fresh up the top of the card, and then like you still you know in theory have like Shoko Nakajima and um, Rika Tatsumi around or whatever else is like the old established guard that can put people over and be on top of it if need be because they you know they were. Um, two of the last four champions. So, so yeah. Um, I think Tokyo Joshua Pro will be fine. Obviously, Yuka is at times their best wrestler, but um, there's enough talent to push out of these goofy undercards and up into, you know, the the international princess and POP stuff. So yeah, like get get Suzume there already, please. There it is. Let's wrap this bitch up. Yep. So, um, yeah, uh, go to, if you want to donate, go to the links in the show description and go to the wrestling link, donate there. Listen to the other shows on the network. Uh, you have the, you have Keeping It Strong Style, the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show, Roman Watching Shit, 8-Bit Suplex, Great Consumers Podcast, All Things Elite, Great Match Generator, Get In The Ring and Meet Press Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace.